considered a recovery, not a rescue. Meteorologists say the last time low temperatures broke minus 30. When they find you, ask for Henry Deaver. Can you hear me? Have we checked out his ears? The devil is in Castle Rock. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Castle Rock Historical Society. In case you're joining us for the first time, Acadia and I, Hannah Selector, are a uh, companion podcast to the Hulu show Castle Rock and we are offering a deep dive this evening on episode 5, Harvest. And I understand that Acadia has a earth-shattering theory. He texted me this morning at some ungodly hour to let yeah. me know about it. Yep. It's... Okay. So here's the... Here's what we know. I'm going to tell you. Here are pieces of information that we know. And then I'm going to try and fit them together. And some of this is going to include stuff from Harvest. So just be ready. And by the way, if you haven't watched Harvest yet, turn this off and go watch it. You shouldn't be here. Go away and come back. And if you haven't watched any of Castle Rock, as charming as Hannah and I are, you're not going to know what's happening. So yeah, you why should. Why are you here? Yeah. What are you doing? Um, so the here are things that we know. We know that Lacey set kind of some kind of godly trap to catch the kid. Yes. In 1991, and we know at the exact same time Henry Diva was missing. Right. We know that Pangborn knew that the kid had been captured, based on what we learned tonight. Uh, right. We also knew that Lacey and Pangborn, it, Lacey had written that letter to Pangborn, saying, okay, well, this is what you got to do. And Pangborn said to the warden, don't let that fucking kid out. So he took what happened to the kid seriously or took the fact that the kid existed seriously. And we also know that he really cared about finding Henry and whether that was because he loved Henry or whether it was because he loved Ruth. It doesn't really matter because what we, what we don't know is other than that, we assume that Henry was in some cage where there was dirt at some point. We don't know anything about what happened to him. We don't know who took him. We know that he was with his father and then he wasn't, and we know his father fell off a cliff. So here's right. my deal. I think that not only was Henry instrumental in the summoning of the kid, either the summoning or the capturing of the kid, I think Henry died and came back. And I think that's ah, why he has no, no memory, because he died. Reincarnation was a big theme in the first episode. He talked with the client about your tape getting erased mm -hmm. when you die. You know, where do you go? Does your tape just get erased? Mm -hmm. And his tape did get erased. And okay, he, there you. was a tape, there was a videotape that somehow factored into him and the Reverend that night, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think it was either a way to summon or a way to... Um, or it was some type of piece, either the killing of him or him coming back was the part that mattered. Because now we've already established, too, that the dog did or didn't come back. So we've introduced 
not just the whole pet cemetery vibe where things come back wrong, but the idea, and like you said in that first episode about reincarnation. And the thing that has not been explained in any way, and actually specifically no-sold by his mother, is his loss of memory. I'm pretty much right. thinking if you died, you wouldn't remember. You know, you kind of get reset, I would think. Mm-hmm. And so him coming back and the kid getting out. And there's a bunch of other stuff that I am excited to talk about just because of how the main characters seem to be running around bumping into each other now. But my my core belief now, either the reverend was trying to summon the kid uh-huh. and killed Henry to do it, or he had to bring Henry back to do it, to, like, open a door or something like that. I just feel like there's no... The reverend did something bad. Blood sacrifice. Yeah, something like that. Something. And if he died... Okay, if okay, Reverend, I'm on board, I'm on board. There's got to be something. There was a reason why he was gone for so long. And right. my Because he couldn't have been with Lacey at that point because he would have been in the car with the kid. Hmm. But if he was dead, then he wouldn't have been in the car. He would have been back at the... What I thought Lacey said was the quarry, but then I also heard that it was the bluff. Yeah, like that particular cliff area or whatever. Yeah, the... The Reverend fell off it. It's supposedly where Pangborn was sitting when he found Henry, which doesn't make any sense because that didn't look that high. Like, you could totally live if you fell off that thing that Pangborn had been sitting on. Sure, sure. You know, it wasn't I super I like high. this. We've got the Church of the Incarnation, which obviously ties to the word reincarnation. When Molly had her vision in episode three or four, it was three, um, and bandaged priest is talking. He says, you know, my Lord saved me. We will all be changed. We're all going to come back. I think there's some sort of something. And tying that into this week's episode, there's a lot of biblical allusion related to the word harvest and people returning and there mm-hmm. being a harvest of the good souls, people coming up and being, you know, resurrected and whatnot. Now, I'm not sure how strictly biblical all of the mythology is going to be here, but there's obviously a tie to Christian mythos with the Church of the the Incarnation and everything that's been going on. So I'm here for it. I I enjoy this theory. I think it makes tons of sense that Henry died or in some way died, you know, because he obviously didn't permanently die, whatever the chance. Because the mother is the one that's worried about the dog coming back to life. Why would she in particular be worried about stuff coming back to life? Right. And she, there is some part of her that is worried that Reverend Deaver is not dead permanently too, because of the fear with the casket and talking mm-hmm. about him like he's still around and stuff like that. That's not just her dementia or whatever's going on with her. So that, that's my big, that's my big thing, and as we go through, and what we generally do, everybody that, that just, just joined us and listened to that entire spiel, we generally go through, you know, not every line of dialogue, but we hit the major points and, you know, try to discuss what we think, where it ties together, and if there's any king parts, you know, that are shouting at us. And uh, yeah, and I actually even, I preempted the doys with my theory. Because I have oh, yeah. one. We I also have... have a doy corner yep. where we repent for our sins and talk yes. about things we missed. Um, first thing in the doy corner, mm-hmm. we have not given enough love to our fans or our friends over at Fan Critical. True. And our fans, they're our pals. Mm-hmm. They're great. They're a little more organized and professional than we are sometimes. 
And it's not just because they're British and they sound, even if they were like all half-assed. Yeah, no, it's it's legit. Yeah, they have it together. And and I love listening to them. I love they have a, a a blueberry scale that they don't explain. They just say, "Hey, we rate things with blueberries," which I also just think is amazing. And it's delightful. They have, they have some really really good deep digs into some things. You know, kind of making to the point where I'm not going to even retell, even if I thought that I knew it because I don't want to sound like I'm like biting off them and saying, Oh yeah, I totally got that reference. They're going to get full credit if I, if they do something that we don't catch. Yeah. And you can totally enjoy both of our shows. I think we tend to hit the same major points, but in completely different ways. A lot of the time and they've gotten stuff that we've missed. And I think we've done a few things that they Mm -hmm. haven't touched on. You know, we've, we've got our own thing over here. It's a little bit respectable. It's mildly respectable. So, (laughs) I think the community at large, there's room at the table for a bunch oh, of yeah. people talking about Castle Rock. And I just think it's from every level. So sorry. You're also going to hear the cool commercial that we made for them because oh, yeah. I'm going to remember to put it in the episode. But also check them out. It's, yeah. And on Twitter, they're fan critical pod. Take that. Additional doy for me this week, when mm-hmm. I started watching this episode, I honest to God thought a Hotels.com commercial was the beginning of the episode because it was Castle Rock themed and it was like these people with a camcorder. And I was like, what the hell is happening? I'm going to stop watching this show. This is cheesy as hell and I hate it. Wow. And then I felt really dumb. Yeah, I mean, that's so, a, that is a self-doy, but I don't, it yeah, counts. I, I guess was it counts. thoroughly embarrassed. Yeah. I would never have called you out on it. Well, not on not on the show, but separately, I would have. I totally would have lived off you for it. But what are you going to do? Um, self burn. Yeah, it was self-burn. bad, and it was good of you to admit it. That that shows everybody <sighs> what kind of person you are, Hannah. And my I hope other somebody one, else made the same mistake because oh, they were like, so. "We're here filming at this haunted hotel in Castle Rock," and I'm like, "No, yes, why? That's what is stupid. happening?" Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, and it, it was. It cheesy. was stupid. Hmm. Well then, no. mine, in comparison, now I kind of feel better about mine. One of mine was, and it was Jenny Beans, who, she was the one that wrote us the letter about Devil and Daniel Webster. And yeah. she pointed out that in the hot take that we did, and we always do a hot take of the episode, like right after we watch it, the first day on Wednesday. She had mentioned that Henry, the fact that Henry had a family was referenced in episode one. I completely missed it. I thought that the first time we found out that he had a family was in Harvest, and apparently I was wrong. Huh. Yeah, because that that was one of my... Where was it? How? Yeah, that's a big doy. I mean, unless it turns out... Because I didn't have time to rewatch. I totally took her word for it. So this might be a double reverse doy, because if we go back and watch it and it's not in there... Oh... Oh, man, we get get super doyed. Yeah, I know. That's triple doy. And then uh, there was one guy on Twitter that I forgot to give credit for. His name is Lost in Cleveland, which is a great Twitter handle. But he also, um, he dug deeper than I ever saw anybody dig. And Des Jarden, the actor that plays Des Jarden, was in the TV show... Oh my gosh, now I can't, the, the, the name of it's escaping me because it's the, they remade it into a movie, Tim Burton did it, it oh, Dark Shadows. 
There we go. The the TV show Dark Shadows, that guy was in it, and to- Dark Shadows was set in Maine. Oh, now, how about that? I don't necessarily think that's why he got the job, but I do think that it's pretty neat someone dug that deep to find it. Yeah, that's you, some Austin serious Cleveland. film buff. Now, I can never remember short. I know that person's face. They were in this thing, and... Am completely unhelpful in any way except that. I just, I just don't want to get so old that I start saying, you know, so and so who played in. Because I don't know what it is about when you get a certain age. Instead of saying they were in that movie, you say, oh, you know, he played in such and such. Oh, as long as you're not saying in that picture, I think you're pretty set. But <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so then, oh, she played that. She played in that film where she was yeah. going steady with that gentleman. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I can see Bless. So then, tell me, Hannah, what did you think of this? All right. So, Harvest. I tend to always start my exhaustive, messy notes with a brief title analysis because mm-hmm. they're always putting meaning in the titles, sticking meaning everywhere, which is great. Uh we finally figured out what month it is in this show, yeah, first of all. Big it deal. is actually harvest time, yep. and it is October now. I think the show started around about September 27th, which is Henry's birthday. It's been like a couple weeks, I guess. That's what yeah, I'm I thinking. I could be wrong. Which also but it means, makes sense. Yeah, because they reference his birthday, and then... Yep, and it's the 27th. And the 14th Which means it was... has to be yeah. September, because Pangborn's Bridge is dedicated October 18th. So, Harvest, it is harvest time. It's the fall. It's the middle of fall. Uh, it also shows us there's that all... the show is not each episode is a day. Like, there's time right. elapsing where stuff's happening that just doesn't matter to the story. Yeah, which makes sense because anything involving, like, a legal process is going to take time. Right. It, it's so time-consuming. There's no way that he would get, like, a hearing and it would be... Well, for emergency things, but it doesn't seem like this is that fast. Fair enough. Uh, also associated with the theme of Harvest is the idea of perhaps, you know, reaping souls and that whole mm-hmm. death mythology of, you know, coming and harvesting all of those those good people and separating the wheat from the chaff and all of that good Bible stuff, which very, has very... been referenced a great deal. Yeah, and yeah, Harvest I... is is just way over the top as far as we're telling you what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like it's the, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, we're gathering stuff up and I think we gathered up a lot of facts in this episode. Right. And it is the season that represents the new life that's come from spring and summer dying off Mm -hmm. and transitioning into winter, which, you know, bleak and whatnot. So something is coming to Castle Rockets and that fire, that, Big old wildfire has got to be symbolic of that. Yeah. It is burning something away or some sort of apocalyptic event for sure. Very true. There's a lot of Stephen King works with big weather events or eclipses or snowstorm floods or whatever that are significant to the stories that they're in. So that's my my title analysis. And we open on Henry in some sort of therapy. I don't know the technical term for what was happening here. I thought hypnotherapy, but that seems not right. So some sort of something. And then word associations. And the five words that Henry was given, I put them in the order that he put them. Boat, white, church, dog, family. 
Hmm. So I'm sure we'll find out that the order of these words is significant, although we haven't seen a boat yet, so that'll be interesting. Obviously, there's Castle Lake, so... And him ending on family... Right. ...is going to rhyme with somebody else listing out words. Yes! Mm -hmm. Later on, it's the same exact ending word. Mm -hmm. Now, are we thinking that that means it's the most... Did they order it from most to least most? I forget. I thought they were just supposed to remember them. Yeah, I, I guess. So anyway, I mean, that's that's. It's that's no what he mistake did. that he said family. I think it's it's the kind of thing where, the fact that who the hell is his family, who is his original family, right? What relationship does he have with his mom now? Kind of none because you know in a minute he's going to say no. I don't get back to Maine. You know mm-hmm. I just don't go back. Yeah, we hear that he doesn't go back much, and it seems like he hasn't been back in a long time. Mm-hmm. He got an MRI. They say the scan looks clear, but he's got some sort of tinnitus thing going on. There's a ringing in his ears, which the do you hear it now thing is. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. This hearing thing is not entirely natural. I'm quite certain that this is some remnant of something that is related to the significant events that we are not privy to yet in Castle Rock. Yep. So he doesn't go home much, and then we find out that there's these wildfires raging on Black Mountain, which I thought might have been a reference to something else, but I couldn't find anything. I guess it's just the mountain. No. Yeah, Here and I actually, in just a little main, what do you got? There's anybody that lives like near the Rockies or anything like that would laugh at anything that the people in the East call a mountain. But we got what we got. You can go skiing in Maine. So there are quote unquote mountains. Um, But you're not going to ski for like a wicked long time because they're not very tall. And the the significant mountains, if you're if you're in southern Maine and you start driving west, you're going to end up in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's. They're mountains that you have to, like, drive around and like, oh, these are tall. And Mount Washington in New Hampshire is not it's – the, it's the tallest mountain on the east half of the country, but that's not why it's significant. The highest wind speed ever recorded on the planet Earth was at the top of Mount Washington. Huh. It's a cold, Neato. windy place. So there's – are there mountains? Yes. Are they – cheesy versions that people who don't really have mountains call mountains. Okay, so there's a, there's a wildfire raging on Big Black Hill. Yes, in, exactly. <laughs> in Castle Rock. Large hill that we have called Black Mountain. 100%. And it's so serious that they're evacuating parts of Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. And they're also okay. activating volunteers from the prison to fight the fire, which... Volunteers, quote, quote. Yeah, exactly. It, which is weird because that's actually happening right now in California, the same thing. Right? They, it, that's yeah. That's a weird parallel. But also because of my um, pausing and, and extensive blowing up of the microfiche, I know that that program was started by Warden Lacey. Da, so da. Those prisoners Whether it's were doing fighting. any good to fight the fire on Black Mountain, we don't know yet. No, but at least there's there's a little more help, I guess. Yep. And shortly after viewing the chaos from above, we pan over to the sad sign at the church that says there's going to be two funerals on the same day. One is for Zaleski, and one is for Potts, who I'm thinking is the guy that said he was going to spend his hush money on the Xbox. Yeah, the guy I liked. Yeah, 
I mean, he seemed like kind of a douche, but he was our douche, yeah. and now he's gone. He was a Sully type of guy. Yeah. Oh, fucking Sully showed up with a keg and everything was awesome. <laughs> no. The that inmate barbecue guy. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I have it in my notes in all capitals here. Fucking exploding casket syndrome yep. sounds disgusting, and I figured you know what it is, so I'm going to throw it over to you to tell me all about exploding casket syndrome. It's my time to shine. So the reason Woo! that you're even, if you're new, I used to dig graves. So I have some experience. Exploding casket syndrome is a thing, but it's a very specific thing. And most of the time, like nobody could tell you how many caskets have ever exploded because most of the time you're not looking to see if the the casket, the reason, and there's a reason why I think it's super significant that they said that's what happened in this case. Now, it happens a lot with mausoleums when, it, like down south in New Orleans, that kind of place where it's hot anyway, and they're burying people above ground. Everything, folks, write out some instructions for your loved ones right now and say that you want the, the minimum that the law requires for everything to do with your internment. I don't care how big you want the funeral to be. I don't care if you want Van Halen to play at it. That's your thing. Do not burden your family with the choice of pretending that how expensive your coffin is matters a shit of difference because it doesn't. Just write it down now. The minimum required by law. Like, so in Maine, that's a little skinny um, concrete vault that meets the letter of the law. And a they call it a punt. It's basically a, a press board slash cardboard coffin because... It's all the same thing is going to happen to all of it. But now they keep trying to sell, hey, no, you really want your loved one to rot away to nothing in the best. So essentially think of it as you put something in a soda bottle and then you screw the cap on really tight. And as that thing rots, gas is created because of the chemical reactions. It expands. Gas it And when you have a... They have coffins literally with gaskets on them, and it's going to be fill up that soda with gas until it pops. That's what exploding coffin huh. syndrome is. So the reason why it doesn't make any sense in this instance is because then I had mentioned it when they did the, the dig up, the exhumation of the reverend. There's no way that his coffin would have been in that condition. Absolutely no way. And I mean, I could... One time we had to dig somebody up and it's it's super smelly and they'd only been dead like four years. And the reason we were exhuming them is because the family decided that burying them in Maine was a bad idea and they wanted to ship them back to where the rest of the family was. Okay. The It was in the middle of a section. We had to like put the, the straps that you put down so that you can get under the coffin because there's little pegs that stick up from the bottom of the vault. And Mm -hmm. so when you lower them down, you pull the straps out and that's why you don't lose straps for every burial. Anyway, we're in the, there was a hearse because it's not pickup trucks, folks. It's hearses. The hearse was waiting by the side of the section. We were pulling it up. It's a dead person. There's nothing that smells like it. And because we're ghetto, Remember in Silence of the Lambs when they put that stuff under their nose when they were examining the body? Yeah. We just used gasoline. 
because we didn't have any of that fancy stuff. So we took the gas that we used to gas up the lawnmowers and we rubbed it all over under our noses so that we wouldn't oh, all... Oh, I'm so on board with this. I love that stuff. So, <laughs> so then we pull the guy up and he had a metal coffin. It was the, similar to the one we saw on the show. Four years, mind you. The, the vault was full of water because the frost had cracked it because anybody that tells you the shit's not going to crack, sorry, it is. And because there was moisture in there, as soon as we got it up out of the ground, my, my boss at the cemetery looked down at the bottom and he just went, run. <laughs> because here's, if the body fell out of the bottom of the coffin in the cemetery, it was yeah. our problem. Oh, as long as we got it in the hearse, it was the undertaker's problem. So picture four, gotcha. like, 22-year-old kids carrying a stanky, gross coffin with a corpse ass coming out of the bottom of it, running, trying to dodge around the other headstones to get it, and the look of horror on the, the undertaker that was driving the hearse's face because he didn't want to deal with it. And then when we got to the edge of the hearse, we just kind of like pushed it in, but his butt was hanging out. So it kind of went against the like edge of the hearse. No! Yes. But it was all his problem. And the undertaker went... Oh, oh my God. He just went, mother fucker. <laughs> he was mad. And we had succeeded. His ruined! Yes. So that oh. was... That's, it's Maine, same place, four years, cracked vault, full of water, guy was rotted, that's not going to happen. So, exploding casket is a thing. Pretty rare, because, I mean, people aren't really trying to hermetically seal coffins, and if they are, don't. Don't do it to your loved ones. Honestly, wrap them in a sheet. If that's what you can get away with legally, everything to do with dying is for the living. I promise you, the dead don't care and just spend the money on the party buy more beer for the wake anyway there's no way in hell that that was the reverend's original coffin no Hmm. way because even even if you were a vampire vampires don't exude magic over their coffins if you bury a thing in the ground and the frost contorts it and moves it around it's going to get beat up that coffin was pristine and mm-hmm. after 30 years, magic. There's, there's nothing. There is nothing in there that's going to be bubbling up, turning into, a, turning into an exploding coffin. So yeah. we got one of two things. Either the writers didn't know what the hell they were talking about, or whatever was in the coffin was not what was originally in the coffin, and there was some kind of switch or something like that taking place. Now, wouldn't it be interesting if somewhere on the Castle Rock writing staff is some dude with knowledge akin to Acadia's who's like, some guy who used to work in the death industry is really going to appreciate how this factors into the crazy bandage oh, priest plot, and this is for him or would, her that or would whoever. Make so happy. Oh, that would be the best. I mean, I doubt it. All I kept thinking is, thank God they put that weird plastic seal on it because it reminded me of that. You remember when they found that stone sarcophagus or whatever, and everyone's like, "Open it, Tut's curse," blah blah yes. blah. And it turned out it was full of like red goop, and people were wanting to drink it. It was yep. sewage, you yep. internet weirdos. You don't want to drink it. It's not magical. It's poop. Anyway, that's all I could think of. People wanting to drink corpse juice, and there it was. It was nasty. I was, yeah, that's nasty. The corpse juice was what 
my real life story was. It was corpse juice. Yeah. That's what his butt was juice, and it went in the hearse. And then we had won. The Undertaker lost in your face. We went off about our business, and he had to scrub dead guy out of his hearse a lot when he got back to the barn. You know, it might be healthy for a lot of Americans to just have to work for some period of time in the death industry because there's a lot of, you know, just unnecessary fear and misconception about death in this country. That's very um, true. But and you, you can feel super important gross. because technically yeah. I had 50,000 people under me. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh-huh. You're fired. I'll hang up my hat that I don't have. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get paid. We can't be fired. You can't get rid of us. You know. Nice try, um, internet. Oh, speaking speaking of getting fired, mm-hmm. the very next scene is the white wine warden getting majorly chewed out by some disembodied boss voice. It was not good for her. She no. didn't even say I guess it was a, which is why she didn't say anything. But it was bad. It was a yes. bad chew out. Yes. He was basically just like fuck you 10 different ways. This is all falling on you. I am not taking any responsibility. You suck. Get the fuck out. It was bad. Huh. But, you know, I don't like her anyway. No, but also, what is it about in movies where if someone is completely incompetent and they fuck everything up, so the first thing that their boss does is spend a bunch of time telling them how shitty they are and then give them a more important job? (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. You dummy. I'm sure he thought that the Shawshank thing was gonna be not a big deal. It's like in some nowhere town or whatever but then you stumble onto this like like, huge scandal and it's like oh well damn it yeah just so you know i will throw you under every bus that comes your way so make this make this go bye-bye the thing that you couldn't do the first Um, time really do it now (laughs) right no no wonder she told count chocula like no we're not telling the guy we're not telling the boss because who wants to get yelled at like that Nobody. nobody And I think that also, since Chocula wasn't there, maybe it was him that got... Until I see yeah, Chocula, I, I'm going to assume Zaleski killed him. This is my grief face. It wasn't a grieving face, it wasn't. guys. It was the could, opposite. I couldn't. I sucked. He made someone eat their own teeth. What a horrible man. Yeah. All right. Fine. Anyway. But I do feel bad that Potts died. If yeah. indeed it was Xbox guy, you know. Yeah, it's got to be. Got to be. Yep. So that scene, I guess, was meant to be significant to us for for whatever reason. Pretty quick, because then we're back at the Deaver house, and Henry's got cameras now monitoring Ruth and her witch-like activities of drying herbs and gutting fish. And those cameras do work, because I got they one. Do. I got one for my, because I'm going to Charlotte tomorrow. Because Han and I just have to be like spatially nearer to each other to increase the castle rock vibiness of the whole thing. And I wanted to, I did some like landscaping and I wanted to try and do a picture every day to see the plants grow. Cause I forgot to do that, but the camera does turn on every time someone goes in the backyard. So that's fun. Yeah. They totally work. Surveillance systems for your mom with dementia. Who yeah. knew? Not as cool. They don't work as as nicely as the app that they had, like that Pangborn had, because that was pretty dope. But it definitely works. Right. It's a little prisony, isn't it? Though yeah. with the security breach alert whenever yeah, she opens the door or whatever. Did, was that before she had her episode where she was talking to the Rev, even though it wasn't that it was Pangborn that was there? When when yes, she says this is before that it was okay. That, um 
Yeah, this is the section where, and I don't know how I feel about Henry, but he seems like really wishy-washy because suddenly he's fine with leaving his mom behind. He's just got to get out for him. Like, he's uncomfortable, so screw you, mom, and whatever, and Molly, who I slept with, but am now just gonna, like, flee the state, or he's just on his way out. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. And now I'm fine! Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it just seems like not a nice... Um, Oh, and then we find out that the kid is being paroled, and he's watching, like, the worst after-school special video about being paroled. You can be anyone you want to be. Yes, it's... It's basically a commercial for identity theft and yeah, it, telling people to lie. It does not seem like the state would want to be encouraging criminals to pretend to be people there and start brand new lives of espionage. Yeah, no. But that's kind of what the tape said. Yeah, be um, whoever you want to be. I think it was, it was you're going to write your own destiny, that type of thing. You know, it was right. very heavy-handed in the way that it got that it odd was it was all like pick a new name and stuff and yep. it, it just didn't seem like sound legal advice for people who have criminal records no and there was a there was so, a tiny easter egg for that yes one. with the hadley thing the, yep i wonder if it was a, the the hadley in that one was the the same name as the like really Lou, mean but... yeah the super mean god from shawshank redemption and I thought that was maybe a stretch, but I'm glad you agreed, because I was like, huh, that name sounds familiar. And then I yeah. frequented the Stephen King wiki, which I have <laughs> been using pretty frequently, just to slam every proper noun that I hear in Castle Rock to see if it popped up she somewhere check. in something. And there it was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the kid really took that to heart. I don't think he was going to say, you know what I'm going to be? A woodworker. <laughs> right. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to become a monk or yeah. an apiarist or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> he's clearly got other things on his mind. I do, too, just so I could say that word on a yep. regular basis. Make new cards. The second you can, you can on the be back. A, a, a hobbyist apiarist. That's right. Felt like it. Sorry, everybody. We're word people. <laughs> English majors and whatnot. Um, and then we've got this weird lacy flashback. With the kid in the cage and some creepy talk about Noah's Ark, which sent me on a full-on galaxy brain moment where I was trying to, for some reason, see if the seven biblical plagues had occurred in Castle Rock. (laughs) Um, Nice. I got... I'm I'm putting the pin in it because it's not, like, the craziest idea I've ever had, but I'm like, this is a waste of time right now. I don't know why Noah's Ark made me think that, because it's not the same Bible story at all, but I was Mm -hmm. like... What if the seven plagues of Egypt, because the fire and the suns and whatever. Anyway, it didn't pan out, everybody. But, like, feel free to take that and run with it. Lacey's talking about Noah's Ark. And And I think it was significant because he was trying to convey the allegory, or at least an example, rather, for him of the message he got from, quote-unquote, God about the Skarsgård trap that he built. And, you know, yeah. he was giving, you know, he was, it, it almost felt like he was trying to say, well, no, I have precedence for this because God told Noah how to build the ark. So he taught me how to build a U trap. Make a trap. cage for yeah. people and put them in my trunk. Yes. There was it, that line about the six days in the quarry and standing and he was on fire with the Holy Spirit. It was all very odd. Yeah. And the quarry part, I don't Dave get. Lacey seemed, me neither. And 
unless the bluff and the quarry are the same place Can't or something be. like that or i think no, it's a because I there think would it's... be a quarry right next to a lake yeah right not gonna happen know. there would there might be water in an abandoned quarry but that's not what right. castle lake is castle but lake is a natural lake where you get stone yeah exactly but it would theoretically a quarry could have um some dirt in part of it where you might have a cage with a young henry deaver yeah. in it as part of their horrible ritual so and perhaps a quarry would be in black mountain because rocks mm-hmm. or whatever kind of thing so yeah in any case that's where lacy apparently was messages about what to do and then he stated that he still doesn't really understand who or what the kid is to trap him he almost i mean and i'm gonna i'm gonna tie in another book that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, except that it really struck me the way he was describing it. He was describing a loss of faith because he said, Mm -hmm. you look so small next to me, next to my faith, because I was full of, you you know, the Holy Spirit, etc. And now after all these years, it's kind of like you let a little air out of the balloon over and over and over. And now I'm here and I'm old and I no longer know if I did the right thing, which is a straight up, I've lost faith. And it made me think of Callahan in Salem's Lot when Ah. when Barlow had went to the Petrie's house and killed Mark Petrie's parents. The mm-hmm. first thing that Callahan does is hold up the cross and the cross starts to glow and Barlow is freaking out, etc. And the, Barlow says, throw away your cross and I'll let the boy go. And he doesn't. And as soon as he doesn't let the cross go, Barlow just grabs it and like crumples it. because. And what, what King said was, and it was nice, he said... Um, there was nothing he could do to bring it back. His muscles remembered the thrumming, but could not duplicate it. So the the power that he felt going through the cross because he really believed that he had power over Barlow, then all of a sudden it was gone. And that felt like what Lacey was saying. As, as strong and as powerful as I felt the day I caught you, now 30 years later, I don't even know why I did it. And I don't know if it was for any good... And he takes off the glove that he somehow knew he needed up until that mm-hmm. point and touches the kid. The who, face touching. Yeah. And the kid didn't want so. Zaleski to touch him, mm-hmm. but and, and he, he told, told the inmate, yeah, to told the inmate he didn't say anything to Lacey, but Lacey knew what he was doing. So mm-hmm. I believe that obviously had to be right before Lacey did what he did. You know. Right. It does give us some insight into Lacey's state of mind towards the end of all of this. Not only that he may have been seeing a crisis of faith about what he'd done, but also that he had physical contact with the kid and that go mm-hmm. well for, for people. Oh, no. There's there's probably something there. Oh, he referenced that crazy story that the kid told him or something. And then I flipped my laptop across the room because they just buried that lead and didn't say anything. Didn't. And they didn't tell the story. Shattered the whole damn thing. And yeah, I was so mad but not surprised but right. like i wanted to know what crazy story come on yeah, now i want to hear the crazy story you give story. me so little like a one of those horses with those carrot <laughs> just in front of his face and you just show. keep like, following it yeah i feel give you. me the information yeah. god it better be a hell of a story now that they've sold it so much i know right 
they they were all in purgatory. Castle Rock's purgatory. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, JJ. I'm going to keep <laughs> making that joke forever because yep. we're all going to remember Lost forever. Until you so. repent. Say you're sorry. I didn't yes. even watch Lost. I just like watched the first season was like, nope, I'm out. You were like, I know it's going to be purgatory. I'll see you in six years. Ha ha. Yeah. One of the benefits of being sure it's certainly not money but at least understanding narrative structure and being able to predict when a story's gonna suck is kind of nice i can often just i can just bail on stuff and be like nope this has no potential i am out fair enough. i don't feel that way about castle rock though so no no it's way uh, better it's I way have, better i have high hopes and then we're back in the present day and the kid is getting a very similar exam to the one that we saw henry get at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And the doctor tells Henry that the kid has, quote, pure retrograde amnesia. He doesn't remember. But it's possible that it could come back or it's possible he could stay this way forever. And they're like, you'll just have to take care of him. And Henry's like, we're not related. Can't you tell? I'm, I'm just his attorney. I don't want any part of this. Yeah. That was... Henry doesn't that want whole any part of anything. Put him back into familiar situations that they remember. That's That can't be by accident either, Avi. Um Right. Which now, may be Henry, one of the reasons where... why Henry wants to bounce. Yeah. Now, with Henry, where most of the words that he was given made sense to me, except for boat, but I could see where the connection would be. With the kid, I had a little less insight, but I'm sure the words are to him, too. His words were face, velvet, red, church, and family. Right. And he also put family as the very last one. So, I don't know. Reverend Lacey touched his face. I got nothing on velvet. I got nothing on red. The church, obviously, I'm thinking, is the same church that is being referenced with regards to Henry Got as well, as to the incarnation that Lacey attended in this town. But yeah, I'm I'm curious what will. Yeah, and but now one of them was face. Why did he have to take that little test to figure out if he knew the difference between what was a face and what wasn't a face? Was I that something to do with memory? That was weird. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that test indicated either. Just whether it's weird, or not. Right? I guess it's maybe because maybe it's a test of like he remembers all of the like normal functions of being an adult human, like talking or understanding facial expressions, as he doesn't have any memories of himself. Because they did say something about like if you put him back in his own home, we don't know if the kid has a home, and if it is, it could very well be some sort of eldritch plane underneath, <laughs> you know, the center of the earth. You know, so it is kind of, I didn't know if any of our listeners are therapists or psychologists or people who would know what that face, not face test is. It would be so cool if you wrote in and told us, because we can't have all of the specialized knowledge that's going to touch on. I mean, Acadia has got the coffin thing and the Jesuit and, and I'm doing the best I can folks. I can't be going to psychology school. Right. You know, I, I just am a, like a half legal person and i used to she's and I like reading you mean a half legal what is oh. oh yeah i i break the law half the time i'm like two-faced i flip a coin and decide whether i'm gonna commit a crime or do something well, you good. know that's just a, what does the latin root and paralegal mean i mean i know the legal part but para it's like assistant legal sort of legal i don't know i think Fringe you're a legal. lawyer that jumps out of planes oh that would be well i would <laughs> i really want to know why henry is and this would be interesting to play into your theory about Henry Dye. Like, why is stuff coming back to him? He, it sort of indicates that he has that pure retrograde amnesia because he's been put back in his own home and now things are coming back. But also we think that he might have somehow died. So, yeah. I think hmm. that I there has to be something that knocked out his memory before. 
And I don't believe that the whole town would... I mean, I guess the traumatic event could be dying. That's pretty traumatic. Yeah, 100%. And maybe he doesn't... If he doesn't know, he doesn't know. If Ruth there's it's it's all going to come together. (laughs) The point is that the show and the narrative and other characters and the way the writers are doing this is meant to drive home the point that the kid and Henry are incredibly similar. Then we are meant to see that their circumstances are similar and it's clearly setting us up for some more significance. I would I would say that Henry and the kid rhyme. They're not the same. Yeah, they're two sides of a a coin in some way. Doppelganger. Yeah, there's something. It's but it's a little twisted. Like it's not the same. Like it's not you know as as simple as you know one is north and one is south. I think that there are a bunch of similarities, and there's got to be something that ties them together at the beginning, which now I think is the summoning, and mm-hmm. which will give us also a narrative closure when something happens at the end, right. which I hope is long from now. Right. Oh, they mentioned Juniper Hill. There's mm-hmm. another little Stephen King nugget. Yep. I feel like the all of my retro Stephen King nuggets are getting less and less as this becomes its story, which is disappointing in a way, but also nice in a way, I guess. They got I, a I lot do to miss... pull from. Yeah, there's a huge universe to bring stuff in from, but there's not nearly as many little Easter eggs as there were in the early on episodes. Maybe they did that at the I'm beginning to get people hooked and now they're going to use them yeah. more sparingly so that they're, you know, more powerful when they come in because Juniper Hill isn't just a, you know, a throwaway mention. No, like, it isn't. It's going to end up being a legitimate place. Like I'm I'm convinced. Yeah. Now the kid doesn't go to Juniper Hill and I'm suffering withdrawal syndrome because I can't find Craig every 2 seconds, but instead he gets an air mattress set up on the floor of the office. That's the, the dumbest. It's the why dumbest. Why would you do that? Just none why? Of it, none of it makes sense. Recently released mentally ill inmate. Like, yeah, yeah leather mattress in my office. Great idea. None of it. Well conceived. Like, put him in a hotel. Oh, well, I don't want to pay. Why would you not pay? Like, how much could a hotel possibly cost? Also, if you're going to let someone sleep somewhere and not watch him, then what the yeah, difference does it make? he's not stable or able to care for himself. Like, yeah. why are you leaving him in the freaking office? None of it. None of it made any sense. And also, yeah, at that point, if you're going to take such slapdash care of him, why even bother? Why not just put his feet on the road and tell him, go wherever you want, buddy? Like, Yeah, I know. Go go sleep in the freaking park. Yeah, you know? I have the most... Because I, cl- I clearly don't give a damn. I have the most tenuous feeling of responsibility for you, so I'm going to do some random thing that's not super helpful. Right. This little scene was... Now, I had had this thought earlier in the episode, but I finally, like... Oh, I'm correct. Henry has a cotton ball in his ear. Yes. For most of the episode because of the tinnitus. But that was like the first time that I saw it super clearly. I was like, is that a cotton ball? And then I didn't want to say it. But yeah, this scene confirmed it for me. He's got a ringing in his ears. And it got acted that's up. has been going. It's yep. because of the shooting the shotguns next to his head while they were killing, while they were killing right. Zaleski. But we also know he experienced it as a teenager because yeah. he's meant before. But so it's all this is acting something. Up now. Yeah, and like firing that gun right next to his ear with no protection, that was bad for Even if you didn't so. have a previous case. Yeah. And I know, I'm partially so. Really? I am. Interestingly enough, it's from and constantly. 
right up again. A bit of uh, hearing loss there. I'm sorry you uh, have fiddler's whoop. ear. Yeah, violin ear. <laughs> uh, don't culture yourselves, it's dangerous. <laughs> Just kidding. What did you think about that line with the Bangor Strangler and Molly was like, you made that up? It... I don't know whether they just wanted to name drop it or because the the proper pronunciation is Bangor. They did it pretty well. Like people that don't know call it Banger and that's completely mm-hmm. wrong. So other than it being a way to name drop a town, it didn't make any sense. I mean, it was just yeah. it was fun, but it could have been, you know, the the Damrascata Strangler. And it, there's a lot of fun towns in name like Witta Pitlock. Right. So that was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. that is wasn't frank dodd called the bangor strangler or was he not he was something strangler no it couldn't have been bangor because he was in castle rock was it i guess that's yeah strange. no because he but wouldn't because like, she lived in his house was, right maybe the bangor strangler was not in not in real main life all right hang on Magic okay there is Bangor. actually something on on the studio about the bangor strangler go back go back does it just say mentioned in episode five of Castle Rock? No, it talks about someone. Yeah, yeah. It in the okay in the Dead Zone TV series, he's called the Bangor Strangler. Oh. In the book, it takes place. I guess like because this is from the Dead Zone television show that um, she nearly became a victim of the Bangor Strangler, Frank Dodd. Um, I guess in the two is the Bangor Strangler, so maybe that was just a fun little. No. Ah, I'll, you. I'll or tell you was what I he think also in the book? I the Bangor Strangler. I don't believe so, and I think what they're saying specifically is that the Dead Zone this is the TV book show is—it's the the Dead Zone TV show is not canon. Her okay, saying I'll you made it. that up, I think, was a Ha-ha! note. So I suck just on did that. Your guns that you guys couldn't see. <laughs> so, so Stephen King telling people to not pay attention to the Easter eggs. Sorry, when they're actually significant pieces of the story that are we're being told to disregard. So that's how I'm yeah. taking that one. All right. Well, that feels like good resolution to me. Mm-hmm. Now we've got that part where Ruth mistakes Pangborn for the Rev, and she got talks it. about he's got a fever. You're gonna kill him. She's clearly in some sort of past occurrence, and it's. It startles Pangborn. She says, something terrible is going to happen. Which, yeah. like, no shit, Sherlock. We're in Castle Rock. But now, was she still in the past when she said that? Like, no, how I think did he pull her all the way out? Happen now. Yeah, I think that's pretty relevant to just now. Um, it got me thinking about Ruth's interest in Vikings and her mentioning of the shield maidens. And that, that really resonates with her. Does she also view herself as some sort of protector of castle rock and why she needs to stay here or that she can have some effect on the things that are happening she clearly knows more than she lets on and and has inside knowledge of the things that have been happening in castle rock even if they're broken up by this hang board said yeah i think she was talking about like yeah right now something bad is going to happen yeah or very soon and pangborn did say i'm tired of fighting and she said i like fighting yeah so that's very... That, Who that, among us doesn't like a little drama? Yeah, you know? right? <laughs> so that that does fit it. That does fit it. So I'm going to... I'm going to... Yeah. I'll ride with you on that one. Appreciate it. <laughs> I did I did go all in on your theory earlier. So yes. I feel like, you know, it's owed to me. Yep, 100%. I'm with that you. That was a really brief scene. Yeah. The little Pangborn thing and her living in the past. Because 
It's that the kid is not going to stay in the mill all night. Like, duh, to both Molly and Henry. I don't know what you were thinking. But he goes a-wandering, and bad things happen. There's the the animal crackers in my soup song that he sort of follows. It kind of was arc discussion that he was having with Lacey earlier, Mm -hmm. talking about. Um, And he ends up at Molly's nephew's birthday party. The worst birthday party ever, though. This poor kid. It was terrible. And awful. That song is terrible. It's nightmare fuel. Like chomping into a million pieces and everything like that. And it was Shirley Temple. It was a Shirley Temple right. song, and the th- that's nobody's birthday song. Like, I don't think, even if, if we're going to say that what happened in that scene was in the past as opposed to the present, which I've, which I've heard some people saying, um, hmm. there was no time, because Gordy, and this was a stretch, but, but the kid's name was Gordy, and Gordy Lachance was the the main character of Stand By Me, which was a Castle yeah. Rock story, and his parents were abusive. So, yeah. That. Now, it could be a history repeating itself sort of thing, too, because yep. we already do know that Molly's sister and her husband are on the rocks because she makes all those snotty comments. And so it, it kind of begs the question, does the kid exacerbate situations that are already bad? Does he just push things over the edge, so to speak? Maybe the Nazi's health was going to get bad and he just nudged it along further. He sped up the process of Zaleski becoming this with the job and mm-hmm. he pushed Lacey over the edge too. And where there was already tension in this marriage in a bad family situation, his presence pushed it too far sort I... of thing. Because it does seem like he's affecting things negatively. But it also sort of seems like he feels bad about it. Like or a he reluctant... he like, doesn't like that it happens. Yeah, it... He's not reveling in it, that's for sure. It's not like some sort of gleeful, like, oh, I've caused satanic chaos, how wonderful, mwahaha thing. He, no, you know, that's true. Forlorn, but then, in a so way. There's, there's a few things that I have to say about that. I actually, there's a few things. One of them is, is he an antenna? So that he right, is like a conduit pulling it all in. Is he an amplifier, which is taking mm-hmm. everything and making it worse? Or I'm going to read you a quote. He looks like anybody you see on the street, but when he grins, birds fall dead off telephone lines. When he looks at you a certain way, your prostate goes bad and your urine burns. The grass yellows up and dies where he spits. He's always outside. He came out of time. He doesn't know himself. That is Stephen King's description of Randall Flagg in The Stand. Yeah! And How about that? Flagg is his go-to as someone who bad shit happens around him. And right. Flagg is not always, depending on what level of the tower he's in, because I know you haven't read um, the Dark Tower series, but Flagg is in it. No spoiler there. Mm-hmm. Flag Flagg is in that um, series. But... He says of himself in The Stand, something big must be happening. Why else can he do magic? And mm-hmm. the other layer of The Stand in that in is in this one is Lacey talking about the dreams. Most of The Stand was people dreaming about either the Dark Man or 
Mother Abigail and going to get to, you know, one of the two places. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a direct ripoff. And I don't think that the kid is flag. But I think that the effect that the kid has is something that would be similar to what flag does. He sows discord. Basically, he exacerbates things. Right. Now, this could be my crush on Bill Skarsgård talking and me kind of wanting the good. In, you know, there's something, there's there's a, a trope of sorts of the reluctant demon kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know, where, oh, actually, you know, I, I want to be good, right. but I am a monster, sort, you know, fan mm-hmm. fiction-y sort of thing. And I'm not sure exactly how close to the biblical concept of devils and the devil and whatnot that castle rock or even the church of the incarnation is going to be but satan was an angel at a point so were all of the fallen who Mm -hmm. ended up serving him meaning that you go from being the epitome of a creature that is pure and good and whatever to now being fallen and you used to be an angel kind of thing true i just like the kid i guess but it doesn't he's not i i still contend that he's not reveling in it or if he is, even if he is doing it on purpose, he's not finding any joy in it. Doesn't or, seem like it. You know, he seems like a pretty sullen. No, he kind of just goes and like <laughs> sits sadly on the roof afterwards, and kind of like puts his head down. It just seemed. You I know, mean, unless then they, unless you go in for the whole, this is all part of prophecy, and I can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? It's going to mm, happen one way or the other a, anyway. You know what I mean? Where's John Calvin when you need it? Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> the if he feels like the ine- the inevitability of his circumstance and his purpose, you know, yeah, um, sort of a, a hardening of Pharaoh's heart type thing. Yeah, he, he has to do what he has to do. Yeah, and maybe and that's why the the idea of the kid being not human and everything is just further emphasized because after this we go back to that fire and it's just this sort of larger than life problem natural force yep Yep. that is some that is some end time shit Mm -hmm. the the fire and everything ah and then i screamed at the next part of the episode because it's the box of chess pieces yeah and we were it was a chess set we were right about it's not andy dufresne's chess set but it's still obviously you know a callback to that and it's chess set it's the lewis chessman some Mm. sort of viking thing yep not a historian why one was in the fridge Kind of highlighting the fact that the mom is a little nuts. Maybe she thought it was a ketchup yeah. bottle, but it was. Well, wait a minute. Not only do we know that it was not what that there was a chess piece in the fridge, but we also know there was that wasn't it when they first put the kid in the loft that they saw the 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 white statue on the diorama, or was that the second time they went? That's the second time. After when he and what's her face go to smoke, but now know that those aren't part of the same set, right? And we sort of knew anyway because those little white ones that the kid and Henry had, they're very pure white. Whereas yeah. the Lewis chessman that's been in um, Ruth's house, they are like patinaed and have some yeah. some brown stuff More on it. More color. Yeah. I don't know if you've checked our email box, but we got some more fan mail today. Let me bring it up. It's from lovely Teresa in Texas again. Yay. Who, I think, who, nope, Teresa's still lovely, but she wasn't the one who offered this insight. It was actually 
Jennifer P., who puts forth the idea that those figurines that Henry and the kid have are carved out of soap, and that was that what Molly was tasting on the floor were the flakes from the kid carving that soap figurine that he then placed on the diorama. Wow. Or Yeah. So thank you, Jennifer P., for sending us that message. I got it this morning, and I... Jennifer P., the P sure stands for pretty fucking dope theory because I am down with that 100%. Yeah, I think that bells for sure. Now, it does beg the question, did the kid carve that soap figurine for Henry when they were imprisoned in the same place or something? Because Henry mm-hmm. has that little soap sculpture in Pangborn's car. Yep. Or he got it from the kid or it was left behind by the kid or something like that because it appeared produced a new one with a bar of soap, whatever. Yeah, I never even thought of that. I just assumed it was the same one. Yeah. But maybe Henry still has it. The soap flakes would indicate that he's carved a second one. And is it Pangborn? It kind of looks like a little sheriffy guy. I don't know. Yeah. Or is it Lacey? Maybe it's Lacey. Hey, everybody. You know how much Hannah and I love doing this show, but you might not know how much we also love listening to other shows about Castle Rock. And I want you to join the crew over at Castle Rock Critical. They are a group of super charming and funny Brits, and they mill about the town of Castle Rock, uncovering the mysteries that the show sets out, whilst relating them all to the Stephen King references and Easter eggs in a separate segment of their show that they call King's Corner. And I'm not going to lie, I think it's pretty cool that they say things like whilst. Listen to their show. You can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Stitcher, Google, all of those. It's called Castle Rock Critical. And you can also find them on Twitter, at FanCriticalPod. Give them a try. Oh, and P.S., Sometimes they have a couple drinks on the show, which leads to some fun wanderings. And since they're British, I always assume that they're drinking out of a musty skull that they dug out of the wall of a castle. So seriously, listen. That's really fun. That's really fun. That was my four exclamation point thing from the hot take. Yeah. (laughs) I I got way off course on that because after the Lewis Chessman thing, I wrote... A, a note that says there's a normal dog in the house question mark because oh. she like leads a german shepherdy looking dog out of the house was that supposed to be the stray that they had referenced why is she letting it in the house Jesus, whose I dog is that what's with all the dogs yeah I know. there's a sheep dog there's a german shepherdy looking thing there's the werewolf in the box and the rottweiler from the the bridge now some she's scared of and some she's not and some are supposed to be dead but others aren't and it's mm-hmm. all very confusing and I heard some people I like think, dogs. I'm here for it. I just yeah. know what the heck. I heard some people think that that the dog at the service was Cujo, and you know yeah, when she except... said the dog came back. Now Cujo was a Saint Bernard, the... right? And that's a very different looking dog. Yeah. I'm really up on my dog breeds. Yeah, <laughs> love dogs. Um, the the thing that I I was thinking about Cujo because Cujo had always been to me. Here's a book that only could happen in the time when it was written because now everybody has bottled water in the car and everybody has a cell phone. So even if you were trapped in your car because a dog was trying to kill you, you would just call somebody to come and save you. So it would have to be like, oh, also my battery died, you know, and all that kind of nonsense. You Um, know, if it was a horror movie, their phone would have no signal. Yeah. Whatever. And I... Because that's how it works. True. I can't see that it would have been Cujo that she said 
the dog when she said the dog is back or it's that dog or whatever like that because I don't think because Cujo was such a self-contained story and it wasn't like Cujo was running through the town eating at people at random. He only killed the people right. that were like near him. So I don't think that would have been a piece of it. Now, I do yeah. however think that Cujo matters because Cujo killed the sheriff before Pangborn. Cujo killed Bannerman. Bannerman was the sheriff during right. the dead zone and the sheriff during Cujo and Cujo killed him and the next sheriff was Pangborn. Now, right. who the hell is the sheriff now? Haven't seen him at all. There's a bunch of no. law stuff happening, but there's no cops around, right? Yeah, is he the guy giving the speech at the beginning? Of the guy with the cowboy he- hat? Yeah, I don't know who he was. I don't and then know. I just had the thought just now, did the Reverend have a Rottweiler or something that Ruth interacted oh, with? Oh, yeah. And it, you know? Maybe that... I don't know. I thought I thought for sure she meant it was the dog that, that Pangborn dug up that she kept saying, check to make sure it's dead. Yeah, but that thing, it had like pointy ears, I thought. I don't know. Maybe they just <laughs> did a bad job. But I don't think they... So it'll be interesting to see what that dog reference is about. Yeah. That whole bridge jumping thing, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it felt really weird at the time and just super random. Yep. Like she was fine, and then all of a sudden she wasn't. But before we get there, we do have that interesting Jackie and the kid interaction in the office. And, like, I don't know what the heck is wrong with Molly and Henry, but wouldn't you warn your intern about the essentially vagrant sleeping in the office? Like, yes. oh, by the way, Jackie, maybe come into work a little later because there's a, a homeless former inmate sleeping in the office. Yes. And not only would that be, but it would also be, hey, don't intrude on this person. You know what I mean? That might be sleeping. Who because, could be dangerous. Right. And but even if you were going to take it from the standpoint of, hey, we're going to be we're going to treat this the, the kid as a human being. Hey, this guy's been in prison for 30 years. This is the first night outside prison that he spent. So let's not just barge in on him, you know, rando because you essentially right. sleep in a place of business. It at least warrants a note or a text. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. It, it just see it blows my mind that no one decided to warn the intern that there was a crazy person sleeping in the office. But you know, who am I to who am I to tell someone how to run their real estate business? Exactly. That's in a Where disproportionately a- large building. <laughs> right. Where did the kid get a pocket knife? Because Jackie finds that under his pillow. It's obviously what he must have used to carve the little soap man. Yep. But right. um yeah, where did he get it? Did he steal it while he was on his jaunt causing chaos? Kind of interesting. And why did that not scare the crap out of Jackie? Like, oh, someone's clearly sleeping in here. They have a knife. This seems like perhaps it won't bode well for me and my donuts. I'm going to leave. Yeah. not Like a regular person. I'm going to chill even harder than I was chilling before. Like, <laughs> And sniff the crotch of his pants yeah. because that's what normal people do. No. We know that's not what they anyway. do. Right. Not, no. If I see that there's a pocket knife and a, and a mattress in a, in a building that's mostly empty, I'm not going to sniff what are certainly some homeless person's urine-soaked sweatpants. Yep. I'm going to get out of Dodge. I don't know if I'd sniff sweatpants fresh out of the dryer, to be honest with you. They're called sweatpants. Yeah, no, I don't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't smell I somebody's like jizz shirt. 
I'm not going to smell anything that's named after something that comes out of you. I'm not smelling it. Hey, come right. here and get a whiff of my spit necklace. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That reminds me. Um, it's unrelated, but it made me think about the conventions of how we name things. My brother sent me this, like, meme, and it was like, why do we say tuna fish but not um, beef cattle or, you know, oh, true. chicken... Yeah, nugget chicken or something like that. That's weird. It, it was weird. Yeah, it's kind of redundant. But it's, yeah. Why do we call them sweatpants? That's gross. I don't call them like hoop underwear or whatever. <laughs> Regardless <laughs> of my situation. <laughs> right. That was not a personal confession, listeners. That has nothing to do. Now I'm protesting too much. I'm just <laughs> gonna shut my mouth. But the point is. Don't go sniffing clothes that you find on the floor. Nope. It's not going to end well. And the odds of them being Bill Skarsgård's are just incredibly low. So. I mean, because if they were, they would auction them off for charity and make a lot of money. Yeah. My bank account <laughs> would be empty. <laughs> and then we see Skarsgård's butt, and that's the end of the scene, which yep. I'm cool with. That Cut to Pangborn can't tie a tie. Yeah. Womp. And and I get that tying a tie I can, tie can be a tie. tricky. Yeah, but he didn't. Then he gave the arthritis thing. You know. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but whatever. But it was it was another. I just think there are a lot of dudes who can't tie ties. Yeah, no, that is true. It's uh, I mean, there's I learned, and like I'm a grown ass man, I learned a different, better way to tie my tie like five years ago, and I was yeah. super excited about it. But I went to I went to Catholic school. So the first day of school I ever had where I didn't have to wear a tie was my first day of college because I had to wear a tie all through huh. grammar school and all through high school. So Oh uh, yeah, that would be true. But I tied it in the most like lame ass completely letter because everybody in high school had one tie that they would go to school and then put it on on yeah, whatever you just shirt they it again. Were you don't yeah. like take it all the way off. Exactly. Never ever ever ever. Well, ever. I shopped at Hot Topic in high school, so obviously I had to teach myself how to tie a full winter, which I still know how to do, and often do for my husband whenever we have events, because I'm really good at it. That's pretty great. I'm yeah, on my side own. Side benefit of being an unpopular, oddly dressed teenager, I guess. You this don't worry about it. This scene was super cute, though. I yes. thought that this scene with Ruth and, you know, Pangborn was cute. They, I, I have come around. I think they're, I think they're sweet. They are, and I think that it was... And Henry's coming around, too. To a degree, yeah. I think he yeah. sees that it's legit, and I think they really did a lot in this episode to make sure that nobody is ambiguous as to how Pangborn feels about it. And I think that right. was important. Nothing about how Ruth feels about Pangborn. It's, it's a one-way street. There has not been a lot. Now, I don't remember where I read the rumor or heard the rumor that there's going to be a whole episode that's just Sissy Spacek, Ruth and her perspective. I would look forward to something like that because she is largely an enigma at this point. Yep. I want to know more about her. Yeah. And she is, I mean, just, and we talked about it in the first episode, I mean, she started, she, you could make a case that her and Brian De Palma made Stephen King famous because of the film ad oh, adaptation yeah, she's, of, she's of the Carrie. queen of King. Yeah. The queen of King. Hey, nice. And, uh, Thank you, you. you don't, uh, you don't have, a what six time nominee and one time winner of an Oscar in your goddamn right. show and don't devote at least one entire episode to her. 
You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, and you know, it's this. coming. She was nominated for Best Actress for Carrie. I did know that, but only because on my other podcast, I recently think about how the Oscars have since time immemorial. So, <laughs> huge self-indulgent rant. They nothing wrong yeah, with that. I want to know more about Ruth. Yeah. But we did learn a little bit more about Pangborn at this bridge ceremony. He's apparently, you know, a big deal. He did fix the needful things problem. He gets a bridge. His speech was kind of telling in that he did that line about he's not good at patter or distraction, sort of talking about his own character. He's, yep. you know, there's not a lot going on underneath the surface for him. He's not good at being deceptive, he was saying. That yeah, he doesn't have he the is... talent for what magicians do when they're doing tricks of right. hiding what they're doing with distracting chatter and other things. Now, and I... yet he's been hiding a kid in a cage. So Yes, very true. But now eh. I got a couple things on. I was waiting for this this part. Now, you know, I've said before, I 100% think Pangborn's a gunslinger. I think right. in in this in this where, in this when, whether he knows it or not, Pangborn's a gunslinger. And he fights for the white, and he references magic in... Ah. He he was a... He did tricks, like he did in Needful Things. Like, he did little, like, sleight of hand, like, magic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can't Mm -hmm. remember the anecdotes of it, but it, it was a thing he did. And the reason that I bring up the Gunslinger pot is Roland was completely, like... He went out of his way to say he wasn't the talker. Um, Cuthbert was the one that was the talker. Cuthbert was the mm-hmm. clever one. He right. was not clever. He was a plotter. He just kept going. And it was his doggedness that was... I mean, he was incredibly skilled. He was mm-hmm. incredibly deadly. But he wasn't going to win Jeopardy. And the so Pangborn saying I wasn't good at the patter made me think of Roland just because that's something Roland would have said and him referencing the magic and me remembering that he did like little sleight of hand stuff. Roland's trick when he was trying to hypnot when he was not trying to, when he would hypnotize people, you know how people can make a, make a, like a half dollar dance over their knuckles, like back and forth. It's that thing that it's like super cool. Roland would do that with a bullet. And that's how he would ah. hypnotize people. And it was his little... And again, he can't distract anybody, but he can physically do stuff just through, like, who knows, like hours of practice until he can do it. So that mm-hmm. that tied me to... It made me think of Gunslingers way more when Pangborn gave that little glimpse of himself in that speech. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we both thought that that was much more significant than a couple of sentences. Yeah. It's definitely telling characterization-wise. Yeah. Was not a throwaway at all. Those few little, no. But then Ruth throws herself off a bridge so we don't get any more freaking, you know, veiled characterization. She just, like, love how Pangborn just stops his speech right in the middle to be like, Ruth? Yeah. You know? And... Oh, but before the... Before the bridge, there were those two random people that Henry caught sight of. Another yep. black guy in Maine. Yeah. Shocker. Wearing, like, a trench coat. Those people... It was you that said that the the home buyers seemed like they knew more than they did, almost as if they were working for somebody or something like that, that they weren't normal people. Absolutely. Well, that fed... 
yeah, that fed into my agents. For what agency are these two people who have come to observe this thing? They're not from around here. Who do they work for? Very true. And that, I think, will... Yeah, and I hope they don't go in this direction, but there's also a precedent for even in even in King's main stories of the government installation doing weird stuff because that's what created the mist in that story and everything like that, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I really hope they don't do that because I don't, I I just hate aliens. Yeah. But but yeah, people showing up and and in in weird places and. For all we know, I mean, my first thought was, well, those must be Henry's real parents, because the odds but of there being... I read it, too, and I, I will leave. <laughs> For whatever reason, that idea rubs me the wrong way. I don't know why. It just seems cheap. Yeah. Somehow. That they would just stand, like, a hundred yards away from a sad little dedication yeah. ceremony. Um, right, with, like, his de facto father figure and his mom, who's clearly fraying at the edges. But... What a convenient time for his his actual for them parents. to show up, yeah, and right. not say anything. But also, yeah. how fast is Ruth? Because not only I did know! she, but she got over like way away, and nobody noticed. Like, not only is she fast, but she she must have like a um, like she rolled a nat twenty for stealth to get over to the bridge with nobody noticing her. Yeah. That was some toddler level shit because yep. I have a two year old niece and you look away for two seconds and she's trying to kill herself in some new creative way. And it's like, it's been 0.5 seconds. How did that even happen? Mm -hmm. So yeah, before we know it, she's launched herself off a bridge. And not even a good, not even a bridge good enough to kill her, like a lame right. bridge. This is like a boat. Breaker. I'm actually going to achieve my yes. ends here. I'm yes. just going to have a very painful long bone injury. Yes, and, and inconvenience like all my loved ones. <laughs> yeah, and you're like 70, so the recovery is going to be fucking ever. Mm -hmm. Don't do not do this to yeah. your children. And Henry went zooming right after her. To his credit, there was zero yeah. hesitation. I know we mentioned that in the hot take episode. Yep. That was the only. That was one of the few times so far where I've been like, okay, Henry, you're a little hot. I can yeah. see this. I see yeah. where Molly's coming from. That was yeah. very heroic. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know. Yeah, but then I found out that he's like abandoned his son, and I'm like right back to square Henry. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. I There's probably more complicated circumstances. Family is family's tough. You know. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, then we're back at the mill again, and the kid has built himself another cage, and it made me so sad. Yeah, and honestly, it's... I'm a dummy, because I, like, had to, I'm like, what the hell is it? I really sat there for a while, came close to texting you. <laughs> I'm not going to say I didn't, because I was like, what the, f and I was like, oh, it's a cage, got it, got yeah, it, got it. it's like all he's ever known, or he feels bad about what he's causing, so he's, like, trying to put himself back there, and it's yeah. like, aw, Sad. Yeah, poor guy. And then <laughs> my notes just say, why are people tasting and smelling all of this shit that they shouldn't? Because that's when Molly, like, tastes... Thank God it's soap flakes or something and well, not... We I assume. Well, at least we're we're thinking that they're soap because I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. And I, it's I, not I, like... I'm behind it. Giant dandruff or something like that, obviously. It's ghost dandruff. You it's know. huge. Or, or like, um, you know those, like, instant mashed potatoes that people have? big pieces of that you, that comes in flakes you know what whatever now i'm thinking what? of giant instant potatoes and i want them i love instant but he says it's easy and you put some butter on it and that's yep. you know, carbs carbs forever counts as
And now we see the little white figurine that's so similar to Henry's on our way back out. Of course, Molly's like, like, oh, damn it, the psycho escaped. Better go figure out where he's gone. I realize now, Don't Hannah, worry, though, because he's just gone to get hot. Yeah. I, that if, not only would I not want to do the show without, but let's just say, for instance, that for some reason that would never occur, I had to do the show without you. I might relate all the facts, but they would be in the completely wrong order. Like, if I told the story of the three bears, it would start out with, like, the baby bear's bed first. And then, you know what I mean? Like, it would just, because every single time I think I, you're always like, yeah, no, that didn't happen then. Like, come on. Yeah. Now you all see my value. My notes are in chronological order of the events of the show. I even leave myself space under the events to have thoughts later so that I don't get stuff out of order just so I can get the... Your value goes way past that, but I am going to say I completely rely on you to make sure that I say things in the right order. Or at least correct me when I inevitably do not. Yeah, I do my best. (laughs) And now, did the kid put it there? Now I've lost my place and it's... Nope. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking, and, did the no, kid no, no, put no. it there? He's, yeah. Did he? Well, he carved it, so it makes sense. Or did Jackie move it or something? It'd be like, haha, that'll be so funny if we stick this here in the whatever. I hate Jackie now. So now you hate Jackie. You've also just, <laughs> you've you've gotten so far on board with Jessica P's theory that you're just saying that it's true. Like, yeah, I know. You just, <laughs> like, the it kids carved it, it from so much sense. Does it not just make a ton of sense? It, I'm it not saying it doesn't. It's the, exact, just... it's the exact right size for like a Dove soap bar and yeah. it makes the flakes part make sense. I mean, I hope we're not as um, your friend on Twitter said, Rongo Bongo about all of this because we're going to look serious. We're going to look seriously dumb. That's Jenny Beans' and Rongo Bongo. She's been calling me Rongo Bongo for a very long time. So yeah, that's... that's uh, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'm going to try to dodge that nickname. Yep. But I am all in on the soap theory. Yeah, I got I got nothing better, don't, I'll tell you that. Don't worry about the kid, though, Molly, because he's just getting high with your intern in some weird murder van. Where she's like, oh, yeah. nothing in this Ugh. town's good. The, yeah. The, I, I, wish, I, I wish someone would get murdered in front of me so that I had something to write about. Now, I should yeah. clarify that Katie and I had a private conversation about this. But the reason I think I have such a visceral dislike for Jackie now is because she reminds me of myself in high school and I hate it. Yeah. Quit being such an edgelord. Just, <laughs> you know, devote some time every day to writing. Suffer for your art, yep. especially real people, you know. And don't take your weird murderous uncle's name just for funsies so that you seem like you're cooler, yeah. you know, because he killed his family. And her real name is Diane. Yeah. So none of that. Turns out it turns out it was a not cute reference that's dumb i find it dumb well i think it's dumb because i don't think if um the only show where i've ever seen where a kid decided to rename themselves and it stuck was the son in breaking bad who started calling himself yeah finn no one else would pay any attention they're like no sorry diane we're not going to call you jackie because yeah that's stupid and beyond that a bunch of people just got murdered in the jail. Why is that right. not good enough? I don't know. I it, like. I just think it's a really immature way of thinking. I don't like it. It's kind of, you know, when people, like rich kids at my high school would be like, I, 
I wish the zombie apocalypse would come so that something exciting would happen. It's like, no, real people would suffer. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, it yeah. literally says in my notes, no, I hate this. Quit being an edgelord, Diane. Diane. High school Hannah. Yeah. The Right. <laughs> I think her saying that nothing ever... Think about this for a minute. Ruth says something terrible is gonna happen. Right. And she says nothing good slash bad happens. Yeah. Apparently, but wiping out half the prison guards in the prison doesn't rate on anybody's scale of a bad thing. Yeah, and it was so interesting because I get the feeling that her and Zaleski are pretty similar in age. We at least know that she's younger than 27. Mm-hmm. Um, that Zaleski was talking about how horrible the town was. He's aware of a bunch of bad things that have happened here. He feels the heaviness and the darkness of Castle Rock, but Diane's like, this isn't enough for me. I need someone to gas all of their neighbors and put the body bags on my lawn so that my exanga will be more exciting. Very I just, <laughs> I, I cannot with this girl now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm out. Team Jeez. Molly. Yeah, you could be team, not only are you team Molly, also, again, part of it is jealousy because she got to take a big whiff of, of Skarsgård and Skarsgård's hang out crotch. with him. And hang out with him. Yeah, I mean, if, if they're sharing a bowl, they probably swap spit, technically. So maybe there's some shit there. I, yeah. I will cop to that. And, I mean, it, but she's just... I don't know what they're doing with her. Like they, they, I don't I, either. I can't and, believe and, that they would be, like, in the writer's room and do some things that are like, okay, well, this is going to mirror this and everything like that. Oh, and then just, like, have one random asshole that everybody hates for no reason and her Easter egg is super clunky... You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. So the construction of the character feels very, very cheesy. Like, I'm a writer. I smoke pot. Also, I don't care about anything. And I like to talk about uncomfortable things. And murder is... Inter- I, I don't know. It just feels like a lot of hackneyed sort of character tropes all thrown together into this one thing. Maybe it's a distraction from what she really is. Maybe it's some sort of persona that she's cultivating to cover up something else. I don't know. It it rubs me the wrong way is all I know. Not for nothing, Hannah. It rubs Hannah. me the wrong way. The way you just described her, you kind of just described most of the podcasters. Yeah, I realized I also <laughs> slightly described myself in some ways. Um, <laughs> she would but, have had the best co- the best podcast in Castle Rock if yeah, podcasts I, were a thing in Castle Rock. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I am aware of how I sound when I say I have a podcast or two. Like... <laughs> That normal people look at me and are like, ugh, what a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> because it is just a, it's a, you know, it's a platform for me to talk about things that I like. I bet Jackie has a podcast. I mean, Diane. I refuse to call her Jackie now. Oh my Diane God, Jack probably and has Diane. A podcast. Ha. Um, also. I love that song, by the way. Call out to, well. And yeah. John Mellencamp in general. Yeah. And that song was about people that grew up in a little. So I do not think that's on mm-hmm. purpose, but I do think it's fun. Um, the. Shout out to Fan Critical. They, and apparently they they got it from someone on the internet, which maybe we should look on the internet to find more stuff. But I think, folks, when you listen to this show, you're genuinely thinking, you're only getting the stuff that Hannah and I actually figure out. Because I don't Oh, yeah. No, I do almost no reading. Yeah. um, Because I kind of want to, I like getting surprised myself. Like, I like when, if someone emails us something that we completely missed. Like, I'd rather have a big doy than pretend we know a bunch of stuff but the the fan critical folks 
and they always credit when they when they didn't find something um but uh, she said the radio station when they were in there the call letters Mm -hmm. are uh stephen king actually owns a little rock radio station in maine and it's nice it's k-i-t w-k-i-t and that was the radio station that they said so that was a cute little nod that i would have completely missed i remembered that he had a radio station but it never would have occurred to me i think you're yeah, Did, I like them. Oh, okay. No, I'm I here. thought you were talking and nothing came out. I'll fix that. <laughs> no, I was just listening, which yeah. I rarely do. <laughs> it but yeah, was, these it, are all these are all sight unseen reactions for me too. I purposely have been avoiding reading things because I wanted this show to just be honestly my perspective. The last thing I want is for think that I'm just like ripping off other people's opinions. Yeah. So all of the wrongness is me originally. Yep. All of the dumb ideas are mine and Acadia's. We're a team. Team wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and we will fully credit any cool ideas, obviously, as you saw with Jennifer P's soap statue, which I've now just made canon. Yes. It makes so much sense, damn it. Yeah, it really does. Now I'm gonna be pissed if it's not a soap statue. I know, because it works so much better than whatever the actual thing I said it. So after the pot smoking scene, we go to the hospital where Ruth is talking about how Oh, the dog scared me. It should have stayed dead. So obviously I jumped off a bridge, yeah. which makes but and, and then nothing, it makes me nothing think, that anybody in this town does make sense. No, but were they, was she talking about the dog in the suitcase or was she talking about, I, I just don't right. think it was Cujo. I don't. I think it was the dog in the suitcase. No. Yeah. Is it like the reverend's dog that used to terrorize her that she was scared of? I, it's clearly something that she experienced Mm -hmm. and i don't think it's the dog from the suitcase that wasn't a rottweiler it just plain wasn't um and i I don't know stake my dog forensics expert like (laughs) you know i'm gonna ask and she probably won't want to look at it but uh the unidentified.org my friend that runs it her whole thing is looking at trying to figure out who corpses are based on only having the corpse. So I'm going to have her look at the, the fake dead dog and try to tell me what kind of dog it is, because that's the closest to an expert I'm as I'm going to get. I'm telling you, that thing was some sort of human-dog hybrid horror. It was not, you know, you're you're talking to a kid who had the ASPCA breed encyclopedia as a kid. I can identify a mutt. I can tell you which parent was which thing. I know dog breeds. I am uh, a fully qualified amateur dog lover, and dog. that was not a Rottweiler. Dog identifier. So you've yeah. got it narrowed down to Brian from Family Guy or John Candy from Spaceballs. It's a human dog combination. I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, an American werewolf in London. Like, it just some sort of halfway between something. It just didn't look right. The limbs were all, I don't know. Got maybe it. it's just a bad. Maybe it's just a bad prop. You know, like the baby in American Sniper. <laughs> nice. So, same same, same prop company made that's that a, dead dog. That's a good dig. Nice. Thank you. I'm so glad I slipped that in there. It's so unrelated. <laughs> it's bizarre. Oh, I've got another funny note. People in Castle Rock very much need to stay on the ground. There should be no second floors or elevated surfaces yep. in any part of Castle Rock because it's just bad news all around. They're just king of the gonna... world in it, left and right. Always yeah, in the corner. The kid on the high school, Lacey driving his car off of a cliff, the yep. kid climbing up on roofs and threatening to jump off, and, you yep. know, Ruth taking dives off a bridge seems like a bad idea. No ladders, no nothing. 
this town can't be trusted with itself. No. It's a ranch hometown. Yeah. And it, it Ruth's yes. house seems like the tallest house in the whole town. The That scene, when he climbed up there and she was like, oh, he just, you know, I was watching him and he just ran up there like he like it was a cat that was up a tree that was really when i started to wonder is he up there to absorb because they they all those things ran through his head when he was up there you know the stuff that he could hear and the stuff that overlapped with what yeah. molly could hear and mm-hmm. you want to go see a dead body which was like directly from stand by me all that kind of stuff is he yeah a receiver or a sender? Like, does he get off on and gain right. power from all the the evil happening around him? Or is he broadcasting it and amplifying it so that stuff that people yeah. wouldn't ordinarily do becomes number one idea? Yeah, and is the signal better when he's higher up, which is why Lacey was keeping him underground and he That's... keeps trying to go... That is that's the best idea I have. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he's sending or receiving? You know, I flip back and forth. Like I said, the whole reluctance thing, I really do think he seems like he's upset about what's happening. So I think he's putting out something. Um, He's causing. But I do think Molly is taking in things. So I don't know if they're related either. It'll be interesting to see if Henry can do both. It's true. That is where true. Molly and the kid can do one or the other. Yeah, um, and I, I had a note here with the scene with the kid on the roof. Like, are there warring identities at play here? Like, is he... There's sort of a character dichotomy going on where part of him is clearly bad, causing chaos, but the other part seems to not want to do that, but to not be able to control it. Hmm. I, I need to... Interesting. Yeah. And it, I don't know, are he and Henry two parts of the same being that when put together would achieve some sort of balance and not be dangerous in the ways that they are dangerous? Or right. hmm. what? what is it? It's, it goes back to the, like, I mean, same thing over and over. We obviously need about the relationship. The and kid one and Henry, but... activates the other. Right. There's got to be something. Clearly their proximity to each other is causing things for both of them. Yeah. Memories coming back and things like that which gets a little bit ahead here because there's still the whole what i thought was a big moment realizing that henry had a child and an ex-wife or ex-girlfriend yeah. or something like that Merritt being the mother of his child i think and wendell being his son yes who, and i and that's the piece he, where he does not, not live with no and that's the piece where i've got to verify and i guess i am going to have to go back and and watch because that's the thing Bean says that it was it was referenced. I never got yeah. it. That blew me away. Me um, completely. And I was blew so me. attentive when I was watching the first episode. I right? I was basically writing every line down because I knew that for a show, you know. Now my shorthand's a little lazier. Now I will tell you. He says during the course of that conversation, put him on a bus because he's got to see his grandmother. Right. Yeah. That's. I just did Dallas because I don't know how many buses you've taken, but they are not fast. And let's just, and I don't know where exactly in Texas he was, but I just did Dallas to Portland, Maine. Two days days. and one hour. If you were going to put a kid. Huh? That would take days on it a would bus. Take, Why wouldn't you put him on a plane? It's a, 2018. According to this, it would take two days and one hour. 
on a bus. Yeah, and how old is the kid? Buses can be dangerous. Yeah. I mean, and not just because sometimes a guy goes cannibal on you in the middle of Canada. Oh, my God. Like, it's just not an environment you'd want a minor in. How? You know. That you... That's what I was going to say about the Canadian that saw the guy's head off and ate him. Oh, my God. That is all I think about when I hear about charter buses now oh because, God. yeah. You're the yeah, best. Yeah, what an unfortunate series of events that was. But, yeah, I wouldn't put my kid on a bus nope. even if I didn't know the story of the the crazy bus can mm-hmm. who put an ear in his pocket. Man, you yeah. if, if you weren't, like, my best friend now you totally are and like before you totally are now because that's just the best and there's no way henry's that cheap but maybe he is maybe right. that's why he said sure let him stay at molly's so that i don't have to do any about anything like oh can i borrow the car because i'm too cheap to rent one you know etc etc he, he did take a bus is henry just super poor maybe like because he's not it seems like almost he's not a good attorney. Like his clients don't get off. I think he's probably getting paid by the state, which means that now just as a point of reference from what I know, working in law firms that like for certain types of cases, there's different rates of pay and it depends on County. But for example, like if my boss did a felony level case and it was a client who couldn't afford representation privately, Mm -hmm. she would make $55 an hour, which is, like a fifth to maybe even a seventh of what an attorney would charge privately per hour. So getting paid by the state is not making attorneys rich and making a ton of hours a month. Right. So it's possible that Henry could be, could be poor, but I, I don't know. I still think depending on the age of the kid, even if the kid is like 16 or 17, it, it's not the safest way to travel. No, it would be it's worth terribly irresponsible. To stick him on a plane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if his kid's an adult, then it doesn't make sense that he's, you know, making the mom court this he yes probably just talk to the kid directly none of it makes any sense and it just occurred to me if you put a little kid on a plane they do this whole big unaccompanied minor thing and it's like you're trying to transport plutonium like they're like oh well we'll make right. sure that somebody but if you just throw them on a bus nobody cares whatever just put the that four-year-old on the yeah. bus are you are you trying to be a true crime podcast yeah. like that's how you <laughs> That's that's how you get like an episode. That's how you get a multi-part true crime podcast. I plunked my kid on a charter bus across the country. Now yep. he's missing. But they Talk. mailed me a finger last week. Do you know anything? Damn it. The podcast. Yeah. That, search for it on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's just a bad idea all around. But Henry's not very smart. He's like sticking this guy in an office and now he's brought him back to his house. Yeah, so... Well, technically, I guess Molly brought him back to the house. She gave him an oxy so he would go to sleep in the car and just brought him to Henry. And love that Henry finally was like, how'd you get in my house? There's a key under the frog, which I have known since 11. Yes, that was a long call. And then Henry, like, as poor as Henry is, that's how rich. How did the reverend get so rich that he has a house that the garage is a whole nother house? Yeah, there's like a guest house back there. Right. That's swank. And, and that house is posh. Yeah, although Molly did say that the property costs are pretty low because nobody wants to live there. Well, yeah, but, but uh, not maybe it was when, a family home? I guess. But, I mean, it's still big yeah. and there's still taxes. And not for nothing. Meanwhile, in the Lacey house, not in the Lacey house, nobody's gone in the basement. Just want to make sure everybody remembers True. that that's a thing. And yeah, that, it's locked. 
And blind what's-her-face um, is still not back. Speaking of money, too, Henry is the conservator of his mother's estate. He has control of her money, too. And if they could afford in-home private nursing, it seems like maybe the Reverend and Ruth have some money, so couldn't they fly the grandson out there? I don't know. I'm getting stuck on something that probably doesn't matter existentially. Maybe buses are more folksy, and that's why we're sticking the kid on the bus. Yeah, there's got to be a... There's got to be yeah. a... The only reason... The only other reason that I can think of that they would go out of their way to say a bus, if it didn't have to anything with his economic means or lack thereof, is that... Yeah. There ain't no airport in Castle Rock, and they didn't want to deal with, oh, got to drive right. to Portland to pick up the kid. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only other thing yeah. I can think of. Speaking of lack of resources in Castle Rock, Ruth went to the hospital. Why didn't the husband on the frickin' breathing tube with a thousand broken bones go to that hospital? I, I don't know. I can't argue that point. Yeah, that's I don't It's true. Know. They're probably never going to address that. I just think it's one of those things where it's like, KTV people, this doesn't make sense, and some of us know it. Damn straight. Yeah, especially those of us who are now overanalyzing it as an unpaid fourth job. Yep. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that, you know, in the way oh, that no. it actually is. <laughs> this is by far my favorite job. I have yes. two paying ones yeah. and two or three. Well, I have a fifth one that paid freelance writer is not a good way to. Um, but yeah, oh, I know. this is by far my favorite one currently. Uh, where was I? Oh, and why is he making the kids sleep in the guest house? I would almost want to keep an eye on him. My mother's not in the house, so if I'm worried about him running away and getting loose in the town, it seems like I would put him in with the security cameras and the door that goes, door, open. Yeah. You know? Doesn't make any... If anything, no. I would put him in the but... house and I would go in the guest house. Yeah. But we get... Yeah, and the guest house is... There's a piano in it! Now, yesterday, we were reading an email from lovely Teresa in Texas. I had a stroke of idiocy or genius. Who knows which one it's going to be, but they lingered so much over the piano that fell through Desjardins floor. And then we find out that the kid can play piano pretty damn well. Yeah. Coincidence. Nope. I think not. Can't be. Can't be. And no way. Now, did you ever end up shazamming the hymn that he was playing after we joked about it? No, I didn't. damn it. I, I didn't have any time rat um, no. but anyway i'm quite certain that the tune that he was playing on the piano was a it's vaguely familiar to me i grew up in churches um i know acadia did too it just sounds like a hymn mm -hmm. it has that musical structure um just the key signature and the time signature sound it's hymny. it definitely wasn't a little like rock I, ditty i'll tell you that no and i this is not a brag play classical violin and have for over 20 years I would know if it was a, a notable classical piano piece. I probably would. But hmm. it was clearly a hymn, is my point. I play So, where did he learn to play hymn? It's very yeah. churchy for a devil or a demon or whatever. Maybe maybe um, Lacey was playing hymns yeah. while he was down there smoking cigarettes. Also, wait a minute. But that wouldn't mean that he would know how to play it on a piano. You have to touch a piano to learn how to play it. True. Unless he's a savant. Um, I got something big now that occurred to me like two minutes ago, and then, it, but it didn't have anything to do with the piano, and the piano thing can't be an accident. Right. So this whole thing about flipping, when we were talking about the kid and Henry and how they fit together and everything. So Lacey, full of righteous, you know, strength, etc., catches the kid. Obviously, they have to be connected because... He says, when they find you, ask for Henry Diva. Right. 
why is Henry Deaver the check to because I still think that Pangborn Pangborn is the white Pangborn is and and regardless of how he acts and we'll get to that at the at the end just because you're the good guy doesn't mean everything you do is good but Deaver right. said I mean uh, Lacey specifically says get when you get out call Deaver. So he needs them to be together for some reason. And if we assume that Lacey wanted to suppress the evil of the kid, then he thinks that Deaver would somehow be able to do that. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that. Sorry, now I'm having another, like, insane thought. The presence of the piano in the Deaver guest house would probably indicate that someone in the Deaver family also plays the piano. Who is it? Hmm. Was it the Reverend? Was it Ruth? Or was it Henry? Regardless of who it is, it would be an interesting potential connection to the kid. Very true. And I'm going to say that it it was... Because it could potentially be the person who taught him to play the piano. If he's connected to Henry and Henry knows how to play the piano, then, you know, illustrate a connection between them. And it goes back to my crazy theory that I think Ruth and the Reverend may have at some point had their own biological child, but it wasn't right or something like that. You know, Mm -hmm. like maybe bandaged Reverend had some unholy incarnation impregnated Ruth or whatever, all Rosemary's baby style. I don't know. But the, the piano is not an accident. Nope. Clearly very significant. Did Desjardins teach him to play the piano? And then the kid, in a fit of supernatural child frustration, slammed it through the floor, like I'm sure some of my students want to do when I make them play something six times. That's awesome. Why would you... You're mean. Why don't you just let him go play? Play it it till you get it right and straighten your wrist. I'm a great teacher. I'm lots of fun. But I am very strict because this is classical violin and we don't mess around. Remind me not to... It's easier to learn to... I'm not taking this up was always my philosophy even as a high school teacher it's easier to loosen your grip than it is to tighten it wow. if you're strict at the beginning you can always back off but if you're totally free with it in the beginning there's no way of clawing that back very true so, hmm. life lessons with Hannah hi oh. Archie <laughs> I think that's Archie yeah that's Archie I've hi, never met the helping. cats in person but now I know them by name from seeing them in our podcast Google call just wait until we end up turning this into a live video stream. Then you'll see Archie more than you wanted to. <laughs> okay, so now after the scene with the hymn and everything, which Henry does not call nearly enough attention to, I don't think. That's significant. Henry's all wrapped up in himself all the time, but I guess. Yeah, he's always underreacting to pretty much everything. That- yeah, is he just so dead inside or selfish, or what? I or, I don't... Or resigned to everything? Yeah, you something, know? I mean, damage. There's some damage there. But after that, then we find... This is... I almost jumped out of my chair. I was so happy to find out what month it actually, actually is in this frickin' show. Yeah. Because we get to see the plaque for Pangborn's Bridge, and it was dedicated October 18th, 2018. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. I've got it on my first page of notes in my very first notebook. What month is it? Mm-hmm. Frickin' yeah, October. Nice. And the leaves should be Finally. more turned, honestly. Oh, yeah, they did talk about leaf peepers earlier on in the episode. Yeah. I kind of skipped that. But, yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like fall. No. Very, but they're not really filming in Maine either, and it's not fall right now. So, or fair of and true. Not filming it in real. 
Um, Pangborn has this flashback about him. He let Lacey kidnap the kid. He saw the kid tied up in the trunk. You can hear the kid making sounds of distress, but he's decided, Pangborn, for whatever reason, has decided that this is the best course of action and he's going to let this happen. True. And... We would like to assume he had a good... We would like to assume he had a good reason. Yeah. We don't know what that is, though. Because sight, sight unseen, you know, it doesn't make sense for the sheriff of a town to allow someone to take a bound perk and get away scot-free. Well, that wasn't actually the biggest problem that I had with it, believe it or not. My biggest Uh-oh. problem is he's not a kid. He's like six foot seven. Like, they keep talking <laughs> he, about him like a he's a boy. goddamn toddler. He's not a kid. He doesn't even look like a teenager. Well, I guess the issue is that, like, Molly and Henry are supposed to be almost four, and everybody else in the show is, like, 50, 60, 70, etc., that people like Zaleski and Jackie and the kid who I assume are around my age, like, between 25 and 29, right. are, quote, kids to all of these people, so... Yeah, but but yeah, I agree. The kid would maybe be something you reserve for a teen. And and, and how would you? We do find out. He doesn't look like a. He doesn't look like anything like that. And also, that explains why Lacey always drove Lincolns because how the fuck would you stuff that space. big tall bony bastard <laughs> into the trunk if you didn't have a big car? If it was like 1991 no. and he's driving a fucking Nissan Sentra, he's not gonna fit a kid in there. Yeah. You can't shove Bill Skarsgård in the back of your Kia Sportage, that's for sure. He's not a kid. Uh, That part doesn't make any sense to me. Why did I let him drive off with a kid in his trunk? Well, you didn't. I'm not saying that an adult is super better. It's a full-grown adult. Yeah, but it's still... Yeah, and he's never been portrayed as a teenager. I guess it's maybe just that folksy way of speaking, like, ah, you kid. Yeah, you're younger than me, so you're a kid. But yeah, that, and that was my big the problem. man has an entirely different connotation. So yeah. or the dude, the guy. Yeah, true. Whatever. Well, the walking dude is would bring us back to because that was one of the things yeah. that flag got called. That's, now, I think it, it obviously shows us that there was more of a relationship between Lacey and Pangborn that we're going to find out about, because otherwise he wouldn't have trusted him to do that. You'd have to right. trust somebody a lot to let him drive away with. A kidnapping victim. Yeah, because that's not going anywhere good. No, especially and when... this. Uh, we also find out that the kid hasn't aged. Pangborn tells us that. Right. So it's like, you know, what the heck? He's never been a kid, or at least not... Right, that's... That Pangborn means. You haven't aged a day. That's the, that's the part that made me the most mad when he was talking about he had a kid in the trunk. What was he, just baby-sized, but he looked exactly like a little baby-sized Skarsgård and he just kept getting bigger? Like, that doesn't make well, any sense. <laughs> you carry Bill Skarsgård around in your pocket. <laughs> Give it time, Bill. If, I, if I'm patient, you're going to grow up and be... Eventually, you'll be eight because, feet tall. The, <laughs> It like those things that you put in water, you know. Yes. They... Oh, like the dinosaur thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the he that could part... sit on the brim of my podcast hat. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. It it. No. I love the fact that they had some. They had enough of a relationship to. Hey, what are you doing there? Kidnapping this person? How come? God told He's me the to. Devil. What are you gonna yeah. do with him? Carry on. Put him in a hole forever, and then. 30 years later, I'm going to write you a letter about it. But in the intervening yeah. time, it will never come up. Like, how compartmentalized yeah. do you have to be 
to never yeah. swing so by the prison. It, hey, whatever happened to that kid? So, so much cognitive, possible cognitive dissonance because, at least in my mind, Lacey is somehow involved with Henry's disappearance, and Pangborn is clearly very invested in getting Henry back. So you assume that he would be opposed to Lacey kidnapping Henry, but he wasn't opposed to this. Right. I, I don't know. There's a lot of weirdness going on there. Oh! And Pangborn asks the kid straight up, are you the devil? The kid says no. Yeah, but if you are the devil, what are you going to say? I don't... Now, I think that uh, most of the time in literature, when the devil is asked if he's the devil, he says yes. He has no reason to hide these things, you know? I thought that that only... is like, here's what I am. You know, even what's-his-face? Who was the... Why do I keep forgetting the creepy shopkeeper things? He wasn't very subtle about it either. Gaunt. Yeah, Gaunt. He was pretty transparent when you know called to the carpet about it it I mean, you know it, if that's now the case, it could just mean that he's not satan himself he's not like the head honcho well no but or he, they've got a completely wrong idea about what kind of crease i'm not the devil i'm that's very possible a vampire i mean cthulhu you know <laughs> i want it to be cthulhu Dracula. the the if so first of all i'm not i'm not going to sign on 100% to the theory that asking the devil if he's the devil is the same as a hooker asking someone if they're a cop and they have to tell you. So if a sex worker says, are you a cop? That's a rule. But if we assume that that is true and that he was telling the truth, then... Yeah, I just say based on the characterization so far, he doesn't seem Mm -hmm. to have any guile. No, but... In, but maybe he doesn't understand. He, he knows a lot more than he's letting on, too, because he's, you know, he's saying, don't you know what's happening, which implies that he does. Now, and yeah, plus it, he had it to could listen be something to something coy. Yeah. You know, Lacey. I'm not the devil. I'm his emissary. Well, or whatever. And what is that? That's what flag was. Flag. See, mm-hmm. I can't. All right. What I need you to do is this weekend, read all the Dark Tower books. If you start immediately. And don't do anything else. You will be one-third of the way through by Sunday night. The, the point is, Flag is not the big bad. He's the... Right. He's the... He's not the emperor. He's Darth Vader. So right. in that respect, if you said, are you the devil? Darth Vader would say no because he knows that the emperor... He's not the, he's not right. the Sith Lord. He's the apprentice. Right. You know, and you do... You don't send the big guy in first. You send the scouts and the emissaries and mm-hmm. the foot soldiers and the whatever. I mean, if you're playing a game of chess, your king doesn't move first. Correct. So, assumedly, there is some higher, darker power. But I do think it's interesting that that, that question was posed in the Mm-hmm. And then didn't it, answer the what the fuck are you, which was a right. quality follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Pangborn being a cop. It's entirely possible that the kid isn't quite sure either. It's true. Because he does supposedly have amnesia or he's just being purposely. I don't know. But no one knows exactly what he is yet. Nope. And he did say that he could help Ruth because that was the other piece. Yes, he did, which seems altruistic, but also is clearly one of those Faustian bargain things about to happen. 100%. And the fact that he just thinking back to when Ruth was explaining what was happening to her and she was saying that, you know, you know what it's like to forget your own story when she said that to Henry, the, the image of taking all the pages out of the book and mixing them up and putting them back in was it. It's tragic. It's, it was a marvelous way to describe 
how sh- the character felt. You know what I mean? Like I have all these memories right. and and they just don't fit in the right order. That was a that was a right. really good way to describe. Like if you ran the podcast alone. Yes, exactly. That's yes. I, now that I think about it, yes. Welcome to the Ruth Show, and we're done. <laughs> I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> I have to go dry some herbs and cut a fish. Um, it is interesting that the kid appears to have the power to heal in some way, to like literally cause cancer, whatever. So he, there are some of his powers that he does apparently have control over or that he can broker some sort who can do that thing. Though it did sound like he meant that I personally. He was definitely yeah. offering. That is the most that the kid has ever talked, and I was so happy about it just yeah. to finally hear hear him acting and like being a character and talking and seeing what his mannerisms were like, you know, and yep. all of that stuff. He really is fairly meek in terms of his interactions with everybody, even when Pangborn's being really confrontational. He he doesn't his voice or anything. The only no. time we've ever seen that is with uh, Count Chocula. Yep, when he scared him that one time and all he did was loudly bible at him right it wasn't you know, physically threatening he didn't even stand up to the nazi guy when he threatened him no nope. physical violence. he just was like you I, i'm warning you you and uh, like we said at the time it wasn't it wasn't a threat it was almost concerned like yeah no seriously you're gonna hurt yourself like right. when your mom tells you not to put your hand on the kind of thing yeah he, he does have he has care for some people and not care for other people yeah i mean he's complicated but i also i am concerned from a show standpoint this was one of my favorite episodes even oh, though yeah. there weren't a ton of of references in it and they kept kind of they needed us to get a few things and mm-hmm. one of them was the relationship between Ruth and or at least how Pangborn feels about Ruth because there was unless you're really really setting it up that the how Ruth feels about Pangborn may not be the same why would he hey you know what i'm going to open up to satan spawn that my best girl that i love for 30 years is now a banana head and i didn't get to have her in the the best right. of her you know what i mean that that seems like a strange thing to use as the example yeah. when confronted with a being that doesn't age you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's what if what if ruth is using pangborn and i don't know what if she actually agrees or ex-husbands I mean, what she if in was fact in she wasn't opposed things that were happening yeah or somehow involved with the church of the incarnation well, in cahoots and she was mm. hiding in plain sight she freaks me out a little i don't know well or, that's interesting we've, We've we've hit the end of the central action, so now I'm just thinking. Like, mm-hmm. so. And again, we managed to talk about the show for twice as long as the show was, because that's how awesome we Amazing. are. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It was interesting to find out that Pangborn actually hasn't been with her all that terribly long, officially. Yeah. Like, she, she rebuffed him at first and was like, it would confuse my son. This isn't going to happen. And then he, like, went away to nurse his broken heart well, for and he- whatever amount of time the funny part about that was he said i went south and then he said live free or die which means he went to new hampshire that's not very far south like that's no (laughs) and he said people were still calling him in like an unofficial sheriff capacity while he was there so it's like an easy drive i guess for him to like go back to castle rock or whatever um 
this episode served an important function in that the kid is finally an actual character in this show. Yes. He's almost been a part of the furniture up until this point, kind of like a creepy set element, but now he is well and truly actually a character in this show mm-hmm. affecting, you know, action and, and having real interactions with people. I guess Jackie kind of is now too. At least we've learned more about her. Yeah. Because there is the feeling that there are still characters more fully to work. Well, I think they're um, definitely, and I think... Wendell if, may very well be one of those characters, Henry's. True, but I also think... Which was Oh, 100%, if he ever gets there and he doesn't get yeah. his head cut off on the bus. But I think that we're going right. to have to introduce the current sheriff as a real character, yep. because yep. if we spin out now, hey, I know you're the devil, and I'm pointing my yeah. gun at you in the woods, then where do you go yeah, from there? Like I could have sworn the guy in the cowboy hat who was talking about the bridge dedication sheriff. If he is, not. we still don't know what like about him or anything. No, but, but Pangborn, he can't let him go. He can't just go. Okay, walk no. off, Devil Boy. That's fine. He's not a cop right. anymore. He can't arrest him. Yeah, it, we didn't hear a gunshot at the end of the episode, no. right? I don't, no, I didn't think so. And and that's um, the piece of it that. Where is he going to go from there? Because if he says, oh, get in the car and touches him, then what's going to happen? Like, right. Well, I think we're meant to think that he's going to be like, wait, you can help her? How? What do I have to do? You know? Because Pangborn is clearly quite smitten, but... Yeah, but who... Who, who is going to be less likely to fall for the, oh, no, I've got something you want, than the guy who had to fight Gaunt? He's right. not going to fall for know. that again. I don't know. We do really dumb things when we're in love. That's and he's true. getting older. He may be tired and slipping up. Um, the other guy that I think could be important is the new minister at the Church of the Incarnation. Somebody's got to take over the cult or at least hold down the fort when your original leader becomes an exploded casket. True. That is very true. And I didn't even really think of it that standpoint. Well, he can't have been the next in line because he's not old enough. But well, think it would he be is Henry. The, the spiritual successor of of the yeah. Rev. Now, and, and they've shown him too well, many times. What if for Jackie him. is? Yeah. What if Jackie's the cult leader? She doesn't seem like she belongs at that church. You know what I mean? No, that's true. But she was there doing the prayer group. What is her deal? She's know. all over the place. She's got. She's in, she's going a little... I'm surprised she wasn't at the fucking weird animal mask place playing court with the kids. Because she's just... Seriously. I just want to feel something. Just want some, yeah, go hang out with the weird kids. Stupid. Yeah, is that ever going to be addressed again? That was bizarre. Or... Oh, it'll come back. It's got to come back with one-eyed... What's-her-face? They have to. They can't leave me without her. And, I mean... Oh, yeah! Yep. She's on vacation or something. Yeah. Francis Conroy's got to come back. And we're halfway Mrs. through. Lace. See. Don't like that. We are. I don't like it. I don't like being on the back end now. We're on the. We're sliding down now, Hannah. We were. We, we were. Are. We were going up the top of the roller coaster, and now we're going to be in the in the downward slope. And not. I just wanted to. I want cable networks to not have to get away with only doing ten episodes and calling it a season. Because yeah, what's up with that? if it was a real TV show, then it would have to be 26 episodes, right? Isn't that <laughs> right? This so, is the internet age, I guess. Right. It's going to be such a short amount of time because they dropped the first three episodes in the same day. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't like that, but I do like the fact that I think in the second half that they're, they're going to have to crack things open because we're in too much of a bottle right now. There's not enough character. And we had talked about this a couple episodes again uh, ago, I think at the at the end of three, there's not enough characters to sustain the show in its current form. Especially when you kill Zaleski, you know, there's there's right. not there's got to be other stuff. There's got to be subplots and everything like that. Because right now, if we consider right. it, because you got to kind of compare everything like this, at least in my view, to the X Files, the 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 father slash mother of all these kinds of shows to me is the x-files because the x-files taught people that you could have mythology and monster of the week and it didn't have to all be one and it didn't have to all be the other so it was it was right we can bring you through a huge arc but still not make it super heavy where every single thing is about the main plot right Lost you can have couldn't. the smoking man, but you can also have the lamprey guy. It, in exactly, the exactly. You know? And and the X Files is the only one that I feel that has done it right since. And if you're going to think of the the next big, and there's been a million shows that have tried it. Right. Lost big was fan. all mythology, and mm-hmm. I mean, you could say that the flashbacks were their version of like diversions. You know, it still built the characters, but it was kind of fun because you weren't on the on the island. But I think that if Hulu is going to keep this show where we want it to be, and I'm not saying it's going to be, hey, here's a fun day where we just follow Jackie around and see all the shit that Molly makes her do, because that's not going to happen. But I do think they need to they need to open it up so that there's just other people that we're going to worry about, because right now we don't even know who we're supposed to worry about. And that's on purpose, and I think it's good. But Mm -hmm. they've got to introduce some more real character. And I think you're you touching on the 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 new reverend is a good is a good place to start because he's been in it too many times now to be a nobody. Yeah, and he's one of those people that's just like a little too saccharine. Like there's something going on. Too nice on the surface. Too blonde and too pretty. And I mean if I had to say who I was hoping to see next episode, though, I want to see Mrs. Lacey. There is Lacey stuff that needs to be talked about, and she's the only living link to it. Yep. I, I hope she's back in episode six. Yeah, because people are going to forget she was even a thing. Right, and she's so, like, super cool and creepy. Like, they better do something with that. But you they know gotta. What the, but it, wait a minute. She's selling her damn house. Right. So maybe she saying? just went to Florida. Well, yeah, that's what I said, but that can't possibly be true. You would have to clean out whatever the hell's in that locked basement. Yeah, and that's, bring your that's husband clearly, with you. Yeah, that's clearly a crime or something. Maybe she just went to like stay with her sister a little while while the house. And you do leave your house when it's shown, right? I mean, I've never owned. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think I'm you. Millennial, and I never will own real estate. <laughs> but um, yeah, you don't want to be in the house when people are like, "That's your real job." So yeah, maybe no. she just went down to like the the Mellow Tiger to have a drink. At. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe she's just maybe they just told her that's where she was and she was just out in the yard and she didn't know because she can't Oh God, see. yeah, she has no idea. Maybe she got lost. <laughs> wow, this place seems bigger than it was described. Oh, that's mean. Man, so, why doesn't she have a seeing eye dog? That would be another dog. Maybe the sheep dog is. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah. We need some more characters because now we're inventing pets for people. Yep, Hulu, get I on just, the job. My guinea pig died. I want a puppy. I, 
done and done. <sighs> yep. All right. Well, that I I can't think of any big questions I have for Nick just because we've still got so many looming big questions from all of the episodes so far. Yeah. They've got to start answering it. I agree. So I agree. I'm excited. I still love it just as much. This was. Oh yeah. I think one of it, like I think I said before, one of my favorite episodes, and they they did a lot of. We're telling you the things that matter so that you right. know what to be bothered about later. And now I'm getting ready to get bothered. And yep. so I guess we'll find out who's going to Juniper Hill. And that's what I think is going to happen now that Pangborn is. Because I still don't see how that. Yeah. I still don't see how the kid gets to remain wandering around the town at random if. Yeah, that can't happen. Yeah. He's either going to end up back in Lacey's basement or Juniper Hill's going to become more of a it has to. up there. Pangborn's not going to let that So, sit. Yeah, and I don't think Henry would necessarily let Pangborn go rogue on the... Even if Henry does try to run away from... Very so yeah, true. lots to look forward to for episode six. Please keep sending us emails. As yes. you see, we're very happy about them and they serve a very important function for making the show even better. Mm-hmm. We'll always shout you out. We won't give out your real last name or Unless you're Stephen King, in which case we will. Or J.J. Abrams, obviously. Very true. So, yes, thank you, Jennifer P., for that brilliant soap email. And um, I do want to say that Teresa did email us again. Um, She did pose an interesting question that I didn't actually bring up, which was that, is it possible that the barking dog at the Sony, quote, told, quote, Ruth to jump off the bridge? So I thought that was intriguing. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's She what... also sent us a, sc- a screenshot of the glowing eyes. I, on my rewatch, couldn't get... Th- I couldn't get it to pause right. I didn't see it. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. It just means that Hulu's pause function absolutely blows. Yes, and it does. every time I try to pause a show to get more details, it puts, like, a film over it and ruins the opacity, and I can't see anything. So it's very difficult, Hulu, um, you know, for me to enjoy the the more subtle parts of Castle Rock because I can't pause your show and look at things. I think we're going to put her screenshot in the show so when oh, you look idea. at the post, yeah. you'll see. Because I didn't even have yeah. time to go back and look because everything is madness. Yeah, I, we're busy. But, but yeah, email us all of your stuff, castlerockhistorical at gmail.com. We read everything with great delight. Yep, and if we get enough of them, we're going to have to do a special episode just to read the mail. Mailbag! Yep. That'll be fun. That would and, be fun to do. All right, then. If we get enough emails, then, you know, you could maybe ask us some non-Castle Rocky questions, and perhaps we'll talk about the camp that Acadia keeps looking to, or, yeah. you know, whatever other interesting thing That's a deep you want to hear about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, send us your emails, or talk to us on Twitter. Yep, or go listen to Hannah at UndeadAirlock.com. and you can listen to me at StrangefulThings.com, and you can talk to Hannah at Hannah Select on and me at Acadia on Twitter that yep. covers all He's of not the a things. national park. No. If you're looking for the national park, don't tweet at Acadia. Yeah, but I do get a lot of credit for weird stuff cuz I get added a lot. Oh yeah. In in weird ways. Oh, also the show yeah. notes and I I never remember to to mention this superficialgallery.com is sort of the, the the hub of where all the stuff is and that's where the feed gets hosted from so that's where we have the Castle Rock section and since I'm going to be on vacation for two weeks I'm going to have plenty of time to build out said section so yay for that whoop whoop 
Well, I guess that about does it for us this week, you guys. We will look forward to talking to you again for episode six. Not only will we have our hot take and our deep dive, but we'll also have our trip down into the stacks be the third episode in our collected thoughts series where we go into the archives and talk about everything we've learned. So that'll be lots of fun. I got to talk to Hannah about something right after this, and there might even be another surprise. And if there's not, ah. I'll let it this part out, and you'll never know. So, patang. Take that. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Ah. Bye, everybody. This shit stops now! <laughs> <laughs>